books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. When you hear the trippy music, you know it's time for some Call Me Tim. Yes, yes, it's the podcast where we talk about what what our, what our special guest believes in. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, hanging out with you. And today on the program, we have Trish Pandia of Trish and Dan Face Oblivion. Great show here on Mutiny Radio every Wednesday night from 8 to 10 p.m. They have a great open mic, and once a month they have been doing a showcase, but we'll see what happens with that, because Trish might have exhausted her friends already. <laughs> I think everybody from her work, which I won't mention because we don't need to do that, uh, but I think everybody's already come. Oh, there's more to go. Oh, there's more to go. Oh, it's All like right. way more than, there's a lot of people at my... That is amazing, mm. because I've always wondered how people get people to come to shows, and it's that they have real jobs and uh they work with lots and lots of people yeah whereas i just work with comedians who are all uh pretty much uh not except for you you're not a loser this is this is a great thing trash panda despite her name i like to call her trash panda because her name is trish panda and i just think it's so clever but um you are actually like the least dirt baggy of comedians you get shit done if you say you're going to do something it happens yeah i i never not seen you be on time or like run know exactly what you're doing like you seem to be really together which for a comedian is more than unusual that's like highly obscure yeah I know it's weird for me too and it's weird (laughs) dealing with people who don't have like their shit together like I just don't like there's a couple I I work with and I plan on producing shows with and you're really professional yourself so I don't know why you would say that but there are definitely some it's like you know, I don't know. Like producing shows is really hard, and it's a lot of work. It's uh, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't really. No one ever asks me to co-produce with them, so it just never happens. But you just produce it on your I own. I just produce it on my own, yeah. and you do a great job. Thank you. I, I, my, my audiences are never big enough, but um, but you have consistent audiences with multiple shows. Like I'll plan one maybe once a month. Right. That's the other things people say. Well, I do one show a month, and you do like, and the month of. March I did f- I produced 41 shows see there you go which is insane which but is insane awesome. well it was awesome. lovely yeah it was it was it was a fun month I mean it was it was like I felt like oh geez I'm a working comic not that I'm or I'm working my career is comedy it felt like that that month we're like this that's is what awesome. I do that's a great a feeling to have yeah but then 
you know, you, you have a good month and then and then it gets bad. Like it never it never stays, or and it's never good enough for some. What are your goals since comedy? Do you, do you want to have like a show someday? Do you want to have like the cute little like on the TV and you you know? Oh yeah, quirky. So sitcom. I I grew up with sitcoms. I have no life. The comedy is my life. Work is kind of my life. But I have a boss that whatever. But anyways, work is my uh, whatever. But I will literally watch every single sitcom. I mean, I know like Taxi, and I know it's beyond my generation. I watch The Jeffersons. Give me a break. I watch every single Give sitcom. Me a break is good. Like I, when I have bad things going through my life, I will watch sitcoms because Facts of Life. How do you feel about Facts of Life? Yeah, Joe's a lesbian for sure. But Absolutely. yeah, <laughs> but it's uh, no, it was of course great. She was. I like the later years because George Clooney was in it. Uh, yes, he was, and so was Sean Austin. Or yes, it's yeah. it's the other. Austin's brother the the unfamous one the one who was cute when he was little and then when he was an adult like nothing happened yeah because he the got other Austin, or something it was yeah but George Clooney and the, yeah they brought in the other little blonde kid and then with I mean for what first they owned a candy shop and first they owned a bake shop and then they owned this weird candy shop that was weird they always owned this yeah, weird it's just a it's, strange it was like a weird stationery store where no one bought anything right <laughs> like yeah. why, why would I buy that that's like Fisherman's worst shit. Right. Like, it was like Hello Kitty, but not. Yeah, like they couldn't figure it out. Like at least it wasn't. It wasn't even a touristy place. Where did it take place? I completely forgot. Uh, Connecticut or something? Because it yeah. was where the girls' school was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like they went from the girls' school cafeteria to well, first they the very first season that had Molly Ringwald on it. I don't know really? if you remember the very very first season. Oh, I don't remember that. They were in a house, and it they the whole set was them in that in the house they never like showed them or the school was the house it was all together and they wore the little uniforms and it was different there were more girls and then in the later seasons they just focused on the four girls who got in trouble who had to move out and work in the kitchen right because there was a bunch of like it was like yeah there were like 10 girls and stuff like that right and that old lady did did the, the teacher ever die like did she ever I know she died in life but like in the show I don't think she did. Well, no, but they replaced... She had to have because they brought in her sister or whatever when they went to Cloris Leachman. Yes. They switched from the one thing to the other. I hope that other people are Facts of Life fans. I'm glad that you believe in the Facts of Life. I do too. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both and there you have. Facts of Life. And when the world never seems to be living up to your dreams, then suddenly you're finding out the Facts of Life are all about you. I know. It's really great. It's a really self-involved comedian thing to say. <laughs> it's the theme song. I love that. I was also very they I into sitcoms. So what's your favorite your favorite sitcom now? That thing that's current because I haven't watched anything current, I don't think. Oh yeah. Um I hate to say this, it doesn't sound like a sitcom. Um there's two. And actually, this might transition in the religion talk. Oh, good. One is Law and SVU. It's not a sitcom at all. <laughs> but Ice-T makes it really, really funny. And Wow. Like, just when you think, oh, someone got raped. And then he'll just make, like, this terrible, hilarious pun. pun and it was yeah. like, oh, rape isn't so bad in fictional TV. You know? Right. Not in real life, but in Ice-T's world, it's all right. And then there's this other show um, called Last Man Standing. It's with Tim Allen. Last Man Standing with Tim Allen. And so... I thought he was dead. He's not. He's actually a silver fox. Oh! He's lost a lot of weight, and just for his age, he looks pretty good. 
Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> but basically, in Home Improvement, he had three little kids, three boys, right? So in real life, he had three girls. Mm. And so this is a show that's kind of reflecting that. It's a sitcom, of course. But he actually is playing himself more so than he did in Home Improvement, where he admits that he's a Republican. He talks shit about Obama all the time. Wow. And he, like they talk about going to church and stuff like that. So he used to be on the TMC channel, you know, the country music channel. So that's CMT. And then it got so much popularity, it's on Fridays on ABC. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know Tim Allen was like that. No, he's a Republican, and he actually... Yeah, I know. And it's funny because I can't help but still like him. Because he's so likable on the TV. He's so funny and likable, Mm. but I want to hate him, right? Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know the Republican thing, I don't... I'm definitely not a Republican, I'm definitely liberal, but... It's just that he's not really a Trump supporter, but he's like, give him a chance because it's bad comedic timing, and I'm just like, ah, I don't know what to do with this. But I'm watching it still. <laughs> right. He's, uh, you're forgiving him. But you, li- what makes him likable? Does it, is it because you think he's a good person? No, that's the thing. It does likability negate the truth of one's, you know, moralistic soul and intention. Like if you're likable. No. You can get away with being a horrible person. Oh, absolutely. I used to work with somebody who actually works, that doesn't work there now. He's a total sociopath. He's a harmless sociopath. Sociopath, that's the word. But he's very likable. Extremely. Well, sociopaths would have to be likable. Yeah, that's right. how they get the job done and getting what they want, right? Right. So I don't think he Charming, is, charming. I think he's a good person. I don't know him. I just heard that, you know, you know how you... I'm not in Hollywood, but you don't hear anything negative how he treats people badly. So that's huh. the only thing I can go on. Right. But obviously I don't agree with the religion thing, but... Are you a good person? I try to be. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) I try to be. But the problem is that I think I get my um, type A personality in the way where it might come off that way. So I'm very much honest. But if somebody isn't... So I'll give an example. My boyfriend, he's he's the pothead to the max. Like Like more than me? Uh, I don't know. You guys might have a competition. You're definitely around we the same could, level. Yeah, cool. He'll have like seven joints a day if he doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. Work. Yeah. Yeah, I constantly smoke pot. Yeah. Yeah. So he, <laughs> and I'm not, and I'm not against, I drink. And I'd rather date a pothead than an alcoholic any day. Yeah. They're much more predictable with their behavior. Yeah. It's not like he's going to go off and yell at me at a bar. He's just going to stay at home on the couch. Right, exactly. He's not going anywhere. He's going to eat the chips and then you're going to yell at him. Yeah. Be the, like, I was totally saving those Triscuits. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's way better than like, sorry, I was at a bar cheating on you. Like, he's too lazy right. to cheat on me. Right. Perfect. Right. Stoners unite. Yeah. But in terms of getting shit done, I have to do everything. And so when I expect him to do something for me, like my expectations are really, really low. And obviously that can get really irritating. I'm sure I come off as a complete bitch. Well, how do you lower your expectations? What are you talking about? You're talking about like, you're, it's your birthday and he's supposed to take you out to dinner and you can't. You had, like, or what? What are we talking about here? There's, There's something so many he, scenarios. The things he has to. Does he not? Okay, I'll give you an example with my boyfriend. All right. He constantly tells me that he's going to do the silverware. I do my dishes, but I hate doing silverware because I find it tedious and weird. And if I just pick them out of the sink and wash them off individually when I use them, I sort of use the sink as my yeah, I get it. drawer. Fine, whatever. That's weird, I know. But he keeps saying, I'm going to do your silverware. I'm going to do your silverware. He hasn't done the silverware in like a month and a half. Yeah. It's just sitting there. And he always, and I want to use it as an example sometimes. He doesn't listen to the show, so it's okay. <laughs> but I want to be like, like, 
just like you say you're always going to do the silverware. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there it goes, like, exactly, like, hey, can you get me an orange from the liquor store around the corner? And I have to nag him, like, five right. times this morning right. to get a fucking orange from a liquor store that's literally downstairs. Like half a block right. downstairs yeah. exactly. apartment. Yeah. So I have to nag him. He's like, you shouldn't be nagging him. I'm like, dude, I literally asked you not to go to grocery shopping. Right. Just an orange. An orange because you're getting cigarettes anyway. So right. Stuff like that. Right. Getting cigarettes. Anyways, you're already going downstairs. Yeah. You might as well pick me up. And you can, Stuff like that. Remember. And I'll say, hey, let's go out to dinner. Some people who have their shit together like, yeah, let's think of these ideas. And he was just like, I have no ideas. <laughs> and I'm like, you lived in San Francisco for 15 years. You don't know a single fucking restaurant. Let's go to fucking Applebee's. You can't decide. Wow. So I have to decide all of those things. So for those things, I think that I can definitely come off as not being a good person. But I think I know what I try to do is let people know where I stand, which I think is a good person thing. Right. And I think you do the same thing. Yeah. No subterfuge. Yeah. I'm pretty honest. And not to a fault. I tell the I tell the police too much information. <laughs> no, I'm happy you did that. Fuck them. I hope they're not when they asked for <laughs> when they asked for my idea, I was like, I don't have any ID on me. And they're like, what? And I said, well, the only picture ID I have is my lifeline pass, which says that I'm poor. And I was and I showed him my food stamp card. I was like, my food stamp card has my name on it. Wait, so they didn't get your license info? I, I don't have a license. That's actually really good, isn't it? But how did they track you? Oh, because of this venue. Yeah. That sucks. And they, I mean, they asked me where I lived and I told them. I mean, I'm not going to lie to them and make it worse. No, that'll make it go worse. I mean, they were going to come back and and get us. I mean, it's just depending on what night. If it would, it could have been on one of you. And that's what I'm so glad it didn't happen, like on one of your nights where the place is sold out and packed and... You know, there's $160 at the door, and they take everybody. They because they take the door. That's the thing. Is even if the alcohol is free inside, and it's a private party with a list, even then they said, even if you have everyone on the list, I think these people are horrible people and have no souls. But at the same time, go. they think that they're doing a good job. So how do we coexist in this world where I think that they're soulless monsters, and they think that they're trapping and getting a feral? squirrel who's a terrible influence on the neighborhood and on the country and they're trapping the squirrel with huge nets yeah and ouch and then they throw things at the squirrel i think it's just weird ever since trump happened they're raiding all those shelters and stuff like like why here when it's you're actually breeding local comedy you're presenting local comedy this isn't a fucking corporate place no offense to Cobbs or punchline but like this is actually bringing bringing the neighborhood together the community together honestly i think people who are in i'm not going to judge everybody but i think in this situation they're just not critical thinkers right and i think that they're just told what to do and whoever the fuck ratted them out is pretty much just I have a theory, and I don't know if there's any spirituality, but I think miserable young people are going to be miserable old people. They're sure. not going to change. You're just going to be that whole your whole life. And I think the. But situation- when does it? When do you become? When do you flip the switch? Are you born with miserable or happy, or yeah. is, that's a switch that's created? I think it's created when you something happens to you and you decide to be the victim. Wow, that is some really heavy philosophical thought. <laughs> it really is, though. That that's when it, that's when you. Oh my God! It like explains every intervention ever. And they're like, I'm living with my dad's house, and I'm doing all these drugs because my dad never did yeah. this for me. And it's like they became they let themselves be victimized by like, you know, they're 
their dad drank and then he might have hit him twice or something and told them told them they were fat once or something they're like I've been told all of those things I know so have I I know exactly and I'm not on meth everything's fine but it's because they chose to be and then they hold on to that victim status because then it gives you an entitlement because everyone owes me something because I was victimized but if people don't know you they don't give a fuck like no one you can't wear a shirt on you that says victim that says I was victimized no but at the same time really, that's really that's really smart thought Trish. no but I think in terms of people being miserable I mean even people who choose to be what, who are the people that was it was it the police it was the ABC alcohol beverage control board okay so let's it. say I was running a speakeasy without a license they would break into that or something yes okay that's, so, what they, that's what they do. Let's talk about the career trajectory they take gets you to be wanting to be one of those right, people. Exactly. Well, the FBI because it's the least important thing ever. It it's like on it. It's the same concept, really. Yeah. It's because someone's not getting taxed. So around the corner, not too long ago, uh, there was an underground internet business called something 2.0, Silk Road 2.0. And it was right around the corner from us. And we were out here one day smoking, probably had a beer outside, whatever. Who knows? It was before. Anyways. And the feds come. Woo! They All of a sudden, all these FBI cars come out of nowhere. And all this shit's going on. I'm looking around the corner, and they're running into this house. And it's crazy. And the first thing I remark is, God, the FBI has a lot of really young, good-looking dudes working for them. What happened? (laughs) Who are all these under-30 hot guys, like, with FBI jackets? They're doing some fun recruiting. What? So when NPR came and they were asking people what happened, they talked to me, and that's what I told them. And I got to be on NPR, and I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Feds came out of nowhere, FBI running out, and I would get all I could think of who is the FBI recruiting? Who are these hot guys, and where are they from? Are they from Nebraska? (laughs) Where are they getting these guys? Oh, people from Nebraska are not attractive. I met a lot of them. Really? The blonde and the tall with the muscles and the, but so Silk Road they sold like um, you could buy anything illegally over the internet with like Bitcoin so you could buy mushrooms like shrooms but they would come to your house and it'd be like be like in a Fritos bag that'd be sealed and you'd open it up so you'd like buy one bag of Fritos and they'd come delivered from Amazon or whatever oh that's cool and then you'd open it up and there'd be shrooms in there but they also did terrible things like um, human trafficking and See, that's a whole different thing. You're Prostitution. Not that's that a stuff. different thing. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> this is just I know, like... I know. 60, you know, 60 some odd dollars, you know, of not their money. So, because they will call their money entrapment money, but 60 some odd dollars and a couple people in a room drinking beers on a Saturday night. Is, yeah. Is, that's is, just injustice. Is they were so right about what they did. <laughs> and, but... Each of those people have to cost at least $50 an hour. And they were here for like an hour and a half. And then they have to do all that processing paperwork and all that stuff. Is it really worth paying those two people the $200 to seize to seize nothing? I have no idea. And to idea. instill fear into the hearts of nice San Franciscans that just want to hang out and just relax and go to a cool, low-key low place. I don't want to fucking go to a, a corporate comedy club where I have to spend $50 on a fucking ticket. Exactly. And then I have a two-drink minimum with a fucking movie. You know, it's just like... Right, exactly. It's all these prerequisites. Like, every show I've had here, I have gotten nothing but rave feedback. Yeah, everybody loves it. They think it's really fun and weird. Everybody loved the festival this year. Like, yeah, I just don't feel like we're doing a bad thing here, but... That's the thing, good and bad, legal and not legal. Like, I'm a good person, but I have a criminal charge on me now that I'm going to have to deal with because I'm doing criminal activity. But, like, 
again, it's a critical thought. Like we can't look at this and be like, oh, this is okay. But is it, do we live in a society now where because critical thought is already dead that we don't even get the opportunity when we have the ability to use critical thought to even use it? Because it's too dangerous when people don't even know what critical thought is. I would think it still happens here, but considering everything that's happening in the world, I think critical thinking is fucking going out the window. Like anyone has a college degree, let's say I graduated from college, I probably didn't, I mean, I don't know. I just don't think there are certain places where people learn how to be critical thinkers, whether they go to college or not, or wherever they come from. But I think it's it's on its decline. It's yeah. really on its decline. But that I feel like critical thought is what makes us be able to reason, and reason is where all of our laws come from, anyways. Like, and but now the reasoning is completely switching. Like we're deciding because these other people are supposedly so good. These religious people that say abortion is bad and drugs are bad, and I'm like. Drugs are good. Like, I mean, marijuana is one of the best things in yeah. the world for me and anxiety and being able to deal with the world and being in a good mood and working hard for like hardly any money, man. If I'm not high, I hate doing my job. Not that I hate doing my job, but it's like. My boyfriend would have massive anxiety attacks every other day if it wasn't for weed. So I just yeah. don't understand that. Now, if that's what I don't get. So I think that. A lot of laws are outdated and it's meant to, you know, it's a fucking system. That's the whole thing. It's about getting more money out of little people than as much as possible. That's how it's always been and it's even worse now. I mean, in terms of the fucking violations, in terms of marijuana, thankfully that evolved. Right. But there's a lot of stupid areas in terms of the like drug industrial complex, the military industrial, all that shit. Who are we hurting? Like, we're not hurting anybody. Right. There's so many different levels of the government, the federal government, just taking away your shit. I mean, I'm a... Right. I, you know, they can seizure... That was... They, they can actually um, take up to 40,000... I think they just overturned it in California, but they're trying to switch it back. Uh, $40,000 seizure. They can just take your money up to $40,000. They just passed that you can't do it anymore. But... Jeff's... For what justification was it before? For anything. You, they don't even have to charge you with a crime. They can just seizure your stuff Isn't and not that even, like against the second amendment or something you would, you would think but they can like there was a kid on a train who was going from um he collected all this money on gofundme and all this stuff because he was taking a train to los angeles and he was gonna pay for his record to be pressed and he was gonna do all this he bought he had ten thousand dollars in cash and he was all ready to go and he didn't have a gun he didn't have anything they searched his bag they found the money and they said this is obviously drug money and so they took it even though they had no profit there was no pipe there was no nothing they just said he's black and this obviously is drug money they took his money. you can't even get it back you have to like petition to get it back after a certain amount of court just like how we can petition to get our 79 dollars back and um and the six ipas and the four sutter homes little bottles not big ones yeah, and the yeah, two yeah. Medellas. Which were left over from your show. Thank you very much. Uh, but the, to, in order to get that back, we have to wait for like eight months, and then we can we can try to get back our what they see what they seizured from us. Jesus but they can do that up to like forty thousand dollars. And and but that's that's the thing is these people they think they're good people and they go home to their families and they say, I'm doing a good job. I'm policing the world. I'm making it better. And it's like... There are certain people in law enforcement who do make the world better. There's a lot of different things that people do that makes the world better. I mean, sex trafficking, you know, crimes in terms of violence, domestic violence, all that stuff. I'm very proud of and I'm supportive of those people. But when you're fucking people 
who are not hurting you. I mean, even if you're a fucking heroin user and you're not hurting anybody, right? then whatever, leave them alone. I'm what not- do you think about when they, the cops go through and there's people there like occupying and they've got their tents or whatever and they... I think it bothers me a lot. It bothers me a lot. Should we just, I mean, I mean, should we just leave everybody? I mean, that's the thing, though, is we say, well, since we're talking about laws and good and bad and whatever, there are people that choose to live in tents. Now, they choose to live in them probably out of necessity. I don't think a lot of them are like, I really want to live in a tent and this is what I've always wanted to do. But it's happening and it's a reality. Right. And so... Do we just live and let live and go, well, and turn a blind eye? Or do we go, we need to provide services for these people? Or do we go, uh, just put them in jail? San Francisco is kind of a two-faced kind of a situation where most of the people who are homeless now, obviously, I worked for like a, I did some nonprofit for homeless people a couple years ago. So I don't know fully, ever, I'm not a subject matter on the expert, but from living here for 10 years is that... Most people who live on the street have um, mental health issues. So, for example, this is a really good analogy. So, let's say I lived in Italy. Italy is more of a communalistic culture. So, everyone's got that funny uncle who's got some kind of disorder, you know, who's got the bipolar but not treating it, got whatever. But the family's big enough and supportive enough of like, oh, we're going to take care of that uncle. It's like he's not going to be on the street. That's not what's going to happen. In terms of our society... Western culture is more individualistic. So that funny uncle who's weird, uh, he's not my problem. Because right. I'm not that close to him in, in relation anyway. He's not my real uncle. He's like the, he's not really related to me. So sure. I'm not um, obligated no to take duty. care of him. You have no duty to him. No, because he's not really related to me or whatever that's it funny. is. And so that's a complication. So a lot of these people who are on the streets, San Francisco always gives the lip, especially with our mayor now. He's like, oh, yeah, we care about them. We want to provide them enough services and stuff like that. But there's also the catch-22 in the sense that San Francisco is a pretty warm city compared to, like, homeless people in Chicago. Right, There's not going to be a lot of homeless people in Chicago. It's too cold. They're going to die. They're going to freeze. Right. This is a pretty decent climate where the coldest it'll get is maybe 35, and that's rare. And the highest it'll get is, like... 70 people freak out right yeah when so, it's 80 everybody's losing their fucking minds yeah i will t- i have to yeah <laughs> Sun- sundresses though are nice it's fine <sighs> don't get me started on women in sundresses <laughs> <laughs> what about women in, what do you hate about women in sundresses because they're those women where let's say it's like really cold in the morning like till noon and then all of a sudden it becomes like 65 70 in the afternoon they are perfectly changing their outfits at the appropriate time like how do they have that timing wow and they look perfect the whole time because for me i'm still in jeans by 3 p.m but they've got this perfectly coiffed sundress and like the fucking braids like Ah, oh, basic bitches. I can't deal with it. Like, you, I mean, but have you, do you care? Have you given it up? No, I'll wear a sundress if I know it's going to be nice throughout the day and it's in the forecast. Right, but you're not, you aren't like the night before picking out your no. outfit and making sure that you've got the transitional wear from morning to afternoon to then night. When you mean transitional, like I'll have a jacket right. and a non-jacket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you have a sweater set and then you also have a jacket. Man, I I'm I gave it up. I, I gave it all up. I mean, I got my, married for the first time at 25 and I gave up. Stopped shaving everything. I used to have a deal with my ex-husband. He'd be like, you got to shave like two out of three. He's like, can I get two out of three? <laughs> so I'd do, I'd do pits and bush and leave the legs. And then he'd be like can you switch it up like, so but my new boyfriend's like however you want your hair is however he yeah. doesn't care 
I don't have to. I don't use hair dye. I, I've given it up. I don't use makeup. I don't care. I don't no, care. That's good. But that's the thing is like that makes me a bad American because I'm no longer a good consumer. There's a whole range of products that I do not consume as a 42 year old woman, which makes me why does that make you terrible bad, American? Because I'm not a consumer. I'm not spending money on the economy because the gifts I have to give the universe or whatever are not monetarily valued and therefore the only gifts I can give our country is by buying things and being a good consumer so unless I consume I am devalued in our country it, it, the more money you have the more valued you are worth and value are completely intertwined with our system of money and it's sad that money because money and, and worth and internal worth and all these kinds of things should not be they should not be equitable. They should not be equated. And yet. No, absolutely not. No, I agree with you on that. But that's really sad. That's a statement that's very true, especially in our society. You know, we call ourselves a democracy. We're so not a democracy. We're not, no, no, no. not even a close. And what bothers me is that I, you know, my parents are Indian. It is not a democracy there. It's not a democracy there. Oh, God, no. Wow. It's awful. But is it, the caste system doesn't exist anymore, does it? <laughs> people say it that. It still who, exists. Who, people, oh, God. So, I mean... Our caste system is growing. Here? Maybe while yours is declining. Absolutely. We've got the untouchables. Are you kidding me? There's yeah, certain but we just people, don't call them that. No, we call them Latinos or whatever. Like, oh, they'll let them mow the lawns. Or, you know, you'd never see like... You know, you, you might see a, a white 12-year-old mowing a lawn. But you... and the, But the stereotype that people come over here as illegal immigrants and then, then they do landscaping. But landscaping, that's the thing. Why do we devalue landscaping? Why do sure. we say that ditch diggers, my mom when I was little, I'd say, I don't want to do my homework. And she'd be like, the world needs ditch diggers too. Well, what the fuck is wrong with manual labor? No. It really is good for you to have to get shit done. And why is labor just not valued equally? I, I just don't. It, it, it makes me crazy because I'm a Marxist. And so I feel like, I've, I feel like labor should be equal. It should be definitely valued. I mean, in terms of, I dated a guy who like made tables and shit and all this furniture. I kept it because I was like, wow, because I don't know how to do any of this shit. Yeah, exactly. It's a skill. It's do, a really good Do you know skill. how to sew? No. No. <laughs> no. I don't know sewing. I got taught, no, I have mo- no motor skills growing up. I just, I tried so hard. I no mean, I made sand no. art once. Sand art. <laughs> You're not a drawer. You weren't a, but you write well. I mean, I, the most creative I am is the, the comedy thing. I don't think it's going that far. But really? <laughs> but you use, but you're, you're, you're a good writer. You're good with language and speaking and, and communication. Yeah, my mouth is the best part of my skill. <laughs> right. But that's, but that's writing. It's just that you're writing on stage. You're writing on the spot. Kind of, yeah. We'll yeah. see. That's so most- tell me about the cast system. I'm sorry to cut you off. No. Um, so the cast system still does exist in India. I think that people so let me explain the caste system do you know anything about it yeah there's the untouchables and they could only like clean poop up like their job is that they deal with poop or something and <laughs> am i am i making things up and <laughs> then okay. i just want to know what you and know. then um th- there's there's like different class structures mm-hmm. and so but you can't you can't like marry out of your class mm-hmm. and you can't like if you're a prostitute and you were born to a prostitute you're gonna be a prostitute that's just kind of the way it is yeah so my parents came from there's four different classes and I don't know them and then there's I'll explain the others. So there's the Brahmin caste, which is like God loves you, all the gods love you, you're good. You're more likely to go to college. Um, even in the women who don't even work after they get married, they had to go to college. Huh. So my mom went to college. 
I don't know what happened to her intellect, but I love her. But, but she went to college where she said she did. And that's how she was good enough to get, uh, be with my dad. So they got married within like three months of knowing each other. Wow. But he um, he went to good engineering school. Engineer, of course. And so they're part of the Brahmin class. They're the ones who are most likely to be able to get the hell out of India. Right. And they have a support system to be able to do that. Uh, my dad's grandfather like ran this whole factory or whatever in here in Africa. So he was kind of like a big wig in the community in terms of Gujarat, which is a part of India. And then there's another caste that's a little bit equal is the military. So anyone who's part oh. of the military, they're really valued because they serve their country. And they eventually, once they're done, they go to college as well. Right. I don't know if, who pays for it. I don't know the government pay. I don't know. They're also more likely to be able to get over here. Right. And then there's another class that's more of the servants class. And so they're still respected in some ways, but anyone from those other two classes can hit them, beat them, whatever they want to do, but they're still respected servants. It's kind of like those black, uh, you know, like how slavery ended and then they ended just working for like the white families. Right, 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 right. It's right, kind of like house, that little weird transition thing. Inward. Yeah. Like you can't really treat them that badly, but you kind of can. It's like a really bad kid and you, you spank them really hard. <laughs> like sure, kinda sure, that thing. sure. So that's, occasional rape, whatever. Yeah, occasional. It's all right. It's not like frequent. Right. So Just that's like it's more of the serving yeah. class. There's a specific name for it. I completely forgot. And then there's the untouchables who are people, they probably have mental health issues. They've come from poverty for generations, more likely in prostitution, taken advantage of. They get run over all the time. And nobody cares. Nobody cares. Doesn't matter at all. People don't get, like, my boyfriend... No murders. It's not a murder if you run over a person that's not No, because, you know, like, let's say you're in, um, well, Mumbai now. You're in Bombay or whatever, and you just, you go how you're running or driving your car, and you ran over somebody. It's whatever. Wow. That's, that's really bad. So people are, like, losing limbs and... Losing limbs and... And dying. Yeah, and the worst part is the hospitals don't even care about them. So they're, like, last in line anyway. So, like, yeah, I guess I lost my arm now, but... Could have been treated within two hours, but too late. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, so it's really bad, and obviously, the, the you know there's more jobs out there, but still, the untouchables are always going to be untouchable. If your mom and dad were in the high, the Brahmin class at the top, why didn't they stay in India? It'd be pretty awesome. They'd be all rich and shit. And, yeah. Right? Um, my dad always wanted to live here. Because he grew up, he went to, he actually got really high in college. He got his master's at Berkeley. Oh, wow. And he just wanted to go because of JFK. And I, I know that his opportunities would be limited. Because you have to understand, there was no engineering. There were engineering schools, but there are no real jobs. And he grew up in a village. Right. Okay. Okay. So, like, now there's engineering jobs in, like, those big cities. But those didn't exist in the 60s. Right. So, his... The application of his knowledge just wouldn't have even happened. If no. he went back home, it would be like, oh, I'm going to... Yeah, and a lot of the schools are set up for you to either go to... Um, sorry, the UK or Canada or the US. So they're set up for you to get the hell out. Right. Weird. You'd think that you'd want to keep your smartest and best there to make the world better where it is. No, I mean, they bought a house... With, well, they should have bought a house. If they bought a house there and retired back there, they probably would. But they've been here since the 60s. Why would you go back? There's right. no one there. Right. Uh, how do you feel about abortion? I'm a, I am I had one. I oh. was listening. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I think yeah. I'm a supporter of it. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, um, yeah, definitely supportive of it. Just because it's, it's another one of those moral questions that people get all up in arms about. I think it's weird that people... 
I think it's weird that men are telling a woman what to do with their bodies. And I think that yeah. even if like you're not ready for it. I mean, the last thing you want to do is set up your life for someone else to fail. This is this is coming from the from the Indian with your your time. You've got the arranged marriages. That's kind of like the same exact thing. Oh Women God! Don't have People love arranged marriages. People my age get arranged marriages who live here because they don't have the social skills to meet people. You would think so. I mean, I think it's like. There's a comedian, his name is Kabizi Singh. I don't you probably know. Absolutely. He has a huge funny joke about it, about he's like, yeah, um, I'm a two, and the only way I can get an eight as a female is like through arranged marriages. But the women love it too. And I think it's because they want to come over here. No, I mean, that makes sense. Like if I were in an arranged marriage and I got a guy from India coming here, that would not work because I'm way too liberal and... Right, I'm you'd be, you, you, yeah, you wouldn't want the traditional role. You'd be like, um, I'm not making you samosas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, though any woman coming here, it works for them. But there's a lot of American-born Indian women and American-born Indian men getting arranged marriages, which is oh. throws me off. Right. Because um, if there was a guy, I understand. Because if you're a guy and you're here, and there's an it, a, an Indian woman who's traditionally Indian who's being very quiet, and, or whatever it is, yeah, and she's listening coming, to her brothers, yeah. and and she's moving from India to here to have right. a better life. That totally makes sense. But it's weird when they're both American-born. It doesn't make sense to me. And I'm still trying to figure it out. <clears throat> so it's like a basically like a matchmaking service. They just it's like the parents the, introduce each other. It's very old right. school, and then right. they're like, hey. You have this in common, and you have this in common. Like my parents have tried to arrange me a couple times. It's, really? It's With a, the wow, it's awful. They're like, remember it's, that one Indian doctor you met eight years ago? I'm like, no. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I was like twelve. Yeah, yeah. It was like he's like, you were like fine, right? Age of eighteen, and I'm like, no, that's not. I'm like thirty two now. Like, wow, <laughs> wow. Uh, so your parents wanted to. Are, are your parents upset that you're not? married yet is that a thing that they're hoping for they want the grandkids they want to um i think they did but i just pretty much laid down the law a while ago you were like this isn't gonna happen well i do want to get married actually i don't want kids though but we'll see what happens i don't know you want to marry the stoner yeah why not it's kind of fun the idea of having a party but i don't know about the tax implications and i hear horror stories i don't know if it's worth it right the only time i think it's well the, the reason i got married the first time uh, is if you're gonna buy a house together. If you're not gonna buy a house, if, if you're gonna buy a house and you're not married, you're insane people because you miss out on so many tax breaks being married and owning a house. Yeah. So really the only way that it makes sense, the other way it makes sense is if one of you is really rich and one of you is really poor. And then together that makes more sense because then you pay less taxes because now you have a dependent. You make your spouse a dependent? That's what happens. You're, you, when you, yes, when you file so if joint. Like a, if I'm like a housewife of three kids. You have four dependents because you have a husband. Well, the, he'd, he'd claim five, he'd, if you had four kids, he'd claim five dependents. Because if you were the stay-at-home mom, you wouldn't have your own social security number. You wouldn't be getting it anyway, so you'd just be a dependent. But when you are married and there's two of you and you have money taken out of your W-2s, Let's say he doesn't have a real job or a W-2 job, then he's a dependent. So then you pay less taxes because you have a dependent. Oh. Because you're married. We're both 
pretty much whatever. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. If you guys are already, like, if you're not going to buy anything, you're just going to rent, it just doesn't make any, it doesn't make financial sense. All right. Unless you're going to get, like, some huge inheritance from a family. It's yeah, no. <laughs> it's, just, it's just good for taxes because as a single person, you pay, like, 33% or something. But when you're married, it goes down. So you change your tax bracket. And you can, and you can, you can deduct more things. So... For various reasons, but usually when you have a house. That's only if you own, though. Yeah. Yeah, we're not just renting. Yeah, so there's no... But you should have a party. Jonathan and I talk about that all the time, that we should just... Because I'll never get married again. I was already married. Yeah. And it was too hard to dissolve it. It was, like, such a big pain in the ass. I'll help you arrange your party. I'm pretty good. I threw my sister's wedding, which was a very traditional Indian wedding. Her husband's so boring. Oh. <laughs> no, it's okay. He's a good guy. He's just boring. But she had a traditional Indian wedding. It was a Hindi wedding. A Hindu wedding. Right. Those parties are fun. Those weddings. Four days. Were, yeah, it was four days, and there were five hundred people. And I, <gasps> I arranged that shit when How I was twenty-one. You, who knows five hundred people? You don't. You have your immediate college friends. Well, I'm just speaking for her, and then all of her relatives from my both my parents' side and like some auntie people that I don't even know or met. Right. It was insane. They just get to come to the party because it. Well, the what? Yeah, so it's like the the ceremony. I mean, this obviously stuff before, but there's the ceremony, which is cute. It's actually really pretty and symbolic. And then the reception, and that is really the what is so ridiculous. Where why do you invite so many people? Well, it's so expensive. I can't even. It's so how cost prohibitive? Five hundred people. You have to feed five hundred people. Yeah, it's like a fucking small town in Virginia. You like it's feed five hundred people. That is an insane amount of money. Yeah. It was really expensive. So, to what purpose? Is it just to show off for your neighbors and be like, look, our wedding is the biggest, coolest wedding? Is it? Is it that somehow when your party is so awesome that you, you, the gods are happy with you and, and you have a no. better life? It's purely superficial to show off that you have the most money in your family. So this is a really funny story. That her wedding was 10 years ago. I went to my cousin's wedding on my dad's side. And she got married and in Scottsdale to her husband. Her husband, company got acquired by Groupon, so they have like wow. real money. Yeah. Like Montel Jordan showed up at the reception. So they beat our my sister's wedding. Wow. And I know they did that purely just to show off how much money they have. That's insane. Yeah. And they had probably around the same amount of people, if not more. And there were events throughout the whole weekend. And wow. it was what just like really good Americans. Consume, consume, consume. Congratulations, that's great. Indian people are the one of the worst ones. I think you a think? lot of Indian people. Oh God, I mean, they're good people, but like that specific group of people that I met, they're good people, but you know they wouldn't hang out anyone outside of that group of people they're hanging out with. Is it the? It's like the, you know, the Louis Vuitton girls, the ones that they have like the Louis Vuitton backpack and the dish towels and the. Yeah, pretty, matching. I mean, you know. it's not even just the brand. It's more about the fact that they're hanging out with also people of the same status of income and stuff like that. Right. Um, and who are perfectly qualified to wear dress and don't know how to... Like, the idea of me getting drunk around them, it just doesn't happen. Wow. I know, and I love it. <laughs> wow. Because they're already going to be judging you. Everyone's just very even keel, has one or two drinks, and like that's it. From the female point of view... Like, my dad didn't allow me to drink around my family until maybe last year. Wow. Because he was like, you're such an embarrassment? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I was care. embarrassment to my family, too. Yeah, I don't care. Um, 
But it doesn't matter whether I'm drinking or not drinking. I'm still loud, obnoxious, and do stupid things, make awful decisions. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I'm drunk or sober. I still oh, I know. do terrible, th- not terrible things, just... I don't know. I just not, I don't pay attention. Your filter won't make but, a difference depending but, on your drinking. Ex- exactly. I still, I have no filter whether I'm drinking or not drinking. I still don't, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And I'll say it and I'll be like, you know, I, 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 I used to be a rich person. So when I see rich people that are still attuned to like um, status symbols and that kind of stuff, it's just like, I just want, I want to be like, ugh, you know, you can't, you, you haven't evolved yet. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You, that's a part of the critical thing. And this is a callback. Yeah. <laughs> Like, are you really excited about living this kind of life? Because you know you only get one. Right. And it just seems really exhausting trying trying to, like, be like everybody else. I feel like it's weird. Trying to prove yourself or trying to be like everybody else. Trying to blend in or trying to prove that you deserve to blend in. Well, they're not even questioning. So, for example, I dated this Jewish guy, and he, very same thing, went to Stanford, all these things, all his friends around the same. And then I met his mom, very Jewish, and she's like, are you sure you want to be with someone who's not? And then he literally broke up with me the next day. I was like, wow, so much for thinking for yourself. Wow. I know. Wow. So I will never date a Jewish guy ever again. Wow. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Not all of them are like that, but of, this yeah. one was. Wow. Well, they do, they do listen to their mothers. That's absolutely true. It's part, it's part and parcel to the whole religion is gotta listen to mom yeah that's what i don't get like uh, my boyfriend's mom's japanese and i don't think she gives a fuck about what i am (laughs) (laughs) right on yeah japanese stoner we learn more and more about the stoner it's good (laughs) japanese that's awesome yeah well look at thing about the japanese culture they're not religious at all but they're they're shintoism that's ancestor worship it's like a remembrance of people past and it's not like it's like certain rituals and stuff that people will do but it's not necessarily religious it's like I don't know I have a I have a really cool Japanese like cookbook from the 60s and it talks all about Shintoism and festival and it ties into food it's like a culture thing Mm. more than it is like I mean also sometimes there's a lot of Jews that are the same way they're culturally Jewish right and that's sort of the same even though it's different than the religion, just like he said, he was culturally Jewish. Just yeah, <laughs> right. But I mean, it's like right now it's Passover. That's like a big thing, yeah. and it's so crazy because Passover is basically about celebrating that our God murdered all their babies and didn't murder ours. Passover is the night where the angel of death swooped over Exodus. I'm not Exodus over Egypt mm-hmm. and uh, killed all the firstborn. Of the Pharaoh, of everybody, of all the Egyptians, of all the non-Jews. If they didn't, if they didn't put the blood of the lamb on their door, at the top and on the sides, which is kind of like a cross, mm-hmm. then they couldn't. Then, then their, the angel of death would murder their child, and that happened. And that's why we celebrate Passover. It's like the end of. It's what helped Moses take the people out of Egypt mm-hmm. from slavery and and then to the promised land. But then he fucked up and he made him water around in the desert for 40 years, which was weird because it's like a 120 mile journey and it took him 40 years. How do you feel about like do you believe the like what do you believe in the Bible at all or do what do you think it comes from or why do you think people I just want to know your so thoughts on that. It's it's a historical text. I mean, we definitely know that it came from the Aramaic stones and then it was translated multiple times, and tra- translated and translated. And I feel like the translations, every time we do them, sort of keep pace with what we're doing culturally and socially with Christianity and what they want to do with that. Do I believe that the Bible has cool allegorical shit going on in it? Absolutely. Do I think a lot of it is awful and terrible and just 
like forwards the hierarchy of misogyny and and you know of of woman hating yeah i think that a lot of that but i mean you start in in genesis and of course eve is listens to the devil and eats the fruit and they and gets them kicked out of the garden of eden and the mark of cain is supposedly that when you're a black person you're the mark of cain and the, the mormons sure love that one they took that they didn't let black people into the mormon church until 1978 crazy they made up a book after it their freaky book the book of mormon it's like the bible part two that they wrote themselves <laughs> like jesus came to jesus came to the native americans that's that's that book do you know about the white underwear thing yeah 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 special underwear yeah so they can be in the temple but that's the thing they didn't they let black people into the church in 1978 but i still don't think they can go to the temple because i still think they bear the mark of cain and they can't they can't do interracial marriages because uh in their book of mormon it says something about that if someone with the mark of cain lays with a woman then they should be stoned to death or something like that I think it's still weird. I don't know if this is... Well, I'm just deviating. I think it's weird how people are still weird about interracial dating. It is. I was married to a black dude, and it was weird. People thought, and it was... It was not... An, we were... He was, but he was a self... A, you know, proclaimed Oreo cookie because he grew up in Seal Beach, so it was super white. There were like four black kids at his yeah, high school, yeah, yeah. and he was one of them. And he was the president of his white fraternity. Like he was a really white black guy. He was like he was O.J. Ben- Simpson back before O.J. Simpson. Right. He was like Ben Carson, <laughs> except he's a doctor now, so he's kind of like a Ben Carson. I don't find him to be an Uncle Tom though. He's still. Well, I don't know. I don't know anymore. Uh, but some people would call him that because they would say you just act out white stereotypes and but it's like which is stupid well he's a, he belongs to the yacht club with his new wife who's blonde and his kids but whatever he loves Jimmy Buffett and he's black that's okay like it's, uh, it, you don't have to fit into your stereotype exactly. to be considered black yeah. Ex- exactly so uh, he's fighting stereotypes all over the place uh, but I don't have a problem with, but we constantly people always still say something about it like even when we see it on TV or it's in a movie, like that Get Out movie, and they're like, I mean, it's still a fucking big deal. No. People are still super racist about, I don't know, interracial couples. Or they just, they want to comment on it because they want to either be like, hey, I'm really supportive of that, or... And it's but like even saying like I'm so supportive of yeah, your that interracial... Yeah, like you're already... Yeah, thinking, yeah. You're, like really, you didn't even have to say anything. It's the thing I'm doing lately, and it's terrible and it makes me feel like a bigger racist but in my neighborhood there's a lot of Muslims there's a lot of Muslim women that cover up and they wear their things and so I've been like kind of going out of my way to smile at them and say hello and wave at their children and just whatever be just a pleasant person in my neighborhood but I think that because I'm going out of my way you're like you're like why are you trying so hard exactly I feel (laughs) like I'm coming across is that I'm you're like hey I'm not one of those people that thinks Muslims are terrorists (laughs) don't worry I'm not I'm just letting you know (laughs) just letting you know I know you're not a terrorist love you and your kids We, we both ride the bus it's cool but so I feel like a dick sometimes because I'm overcompensating for trying to prove I do that, that I'm too, not a though because I live near the Fillmore and I smile at black people and I still feel like <laughs> but you're pretty brown have you experienced any like crazy racism that you feel like yeah um the most important thing and the most annoying thing is like oh you're such like a white girl on the inside I'm not a white girl I was born here I'm an American that's one thing that's just really annoying and subtle but I remember when I was going to college I went to college in Orange County which is the most white place ever now it's changed there's a lot more diversity 
and it was right after 9-11 and I got frisked all the fucking time at the airport. Frisked? And I was 18. Right. Back then. Yeah. And I would get frisked every freaking time. And it was just like, dude, I come here once a month to see my parents up north. Like, really? And that would bother me not. And then I remember in college... So Newport Beach is full of a bunch of blonde white dudes who only know other blonde people right. or white people. Just bro central. Sure. And a lot of guys would say, I want to fuck you because I've never fucked anyone besides a white woman. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's like racist and misogynistic at the same time. No, like but I think they think they're object. doing well. Right, right. <laughs> they're like, but they're like, I'm objectifying you and I usually only objectify blonde girls. <laughs> now I'm objectifying an Indian. Look how Yeah, I've never tried this before. Whoa, I'm so fucking progressive <laughs> i just grabbed a cunt of a indian girl <laughs> yeah. what man i know that's exactly that's very funny happened. well they would admit it uh racism is i'm i don't even know uh, down at, i love newport beach and it's a lovely it's a lovely place down there it's a lot of fun yeah, i've had fun, fun on the beach and it's nice and you've cute cute bars down there good looking people did yeah. you like college yeah, I like the school itself, but I literally, uh, after I graduated, I went to UC Irvine. The second I graduated, oh, I moved Irvine, back up gotcha. here. Gotcha. I couldn't stand it. They I have a good dance major there. They have a dance major out there yeah. now? Uh, Irvine, actually, I went to, I was in college from 92 to 96, but I knew some girls from my high school that were dancers, and they went to Irvine because they have a really good dance program. I don't remember that. But that's weird, like, but majoring in dance, who does that? Dancers. I know. I know. <laughs> Not like they're ever going to make any money or do anything. They just. Anyways, I'm making a point. No, it's fine. I know that they had a good literature program. Oh, they do actually. I knew one of the guys who was in their master's program in poetry, and he was teaching. Yeah. He was actually getting a PhD in poetry. Gerald Ma, and he has his own poetry anthology he puts out whatever yeah. but it's a good poetry program and then I think they have a good law school they definitely have a good engineering program but I just majored in political science because I was just mad at everything you were all <laughs> do you still feel do you still feel angry are you scared in this new in this new political climb or are you just like we're all gonna die no it's, I'm really terrified I'm yeah. really terrified I mean 9-11 even with Bush I hated Bush but like this is a whole fucking level and yeah, I'm really terrified. I like made a joke that they're just gonna deport me, and that was born here. And it's just really <laughs> they're gonna. What the funny you. thing that makes I me mean, they, they could 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 they, I mean you're brown. The, what would happen if like the, the INS, the ICE, or whatever yeah. came in here and they're like all the brown people, show us your My papers. Passports and you're like, is home, dude. <laughs> no. Your passport says United what States. What makes so. me the most angry is I didn't know this until somebody told me is that a lot of Indian people voted for Trump. Oh. Because they hate Pakistanis who are Muslim whoa I know and that really bothered me because these people are not like I hate to say it like hicks down the street they fucking went to college right they know better in college you're taught to critically think and And we still hate Pakistanis Oh, anyone, everyone who went to my that cousin's wedding in fucking Scottsdale, really? Like, oh, God. they I'm sure they're closeted Trump supporters. Well, and it's the same thing with the, the Israel-Palestine thing, is that they'll Jews hate Palestinians. Like, I, I've been, a, I've been a, I was a summer camp counselor at the JCC in La Jolla for eight years. And uh, it was really pervasive and amazing. And they even... Like they did like propaganda stuff to teach the kids to hate so, Palestinians to hate Palestinians to talk about the conflict in Israel and talk about how of course Israelis have to be in the army because they have to fight against these people that is not their land and they have to put them away and that they're like 
they actively propagandize, proselytize against Palestinians, like in Jewish community centers here in the United States. Wow. Because somehow, like, I'm like, we shouldn't be supporting Israel. We shouldn't, we should support Palestine just as much as we support Israel. Sure. We should be supporting everyone the same and even Syria even more. Why don't we, why aren't we like couch surfing Syrians at least? Can we, can we at least like get a, a thousand Syrians to come couch surf in San Francisco? Can we not handle that? Like, so one thing I'm noticing with the people that I really don't agree with or I feel like that are evil. Okay. So I'll give a good example. So I know you don't believe in parties, but I, I voted Democrat. I voted for Hillary. And I remember uh, doing a lot of campaigning for Kerry back in the day. Mm -hmm. And one thing difference between the Republicans and Democrats is that obviously I'm more liberal, but the Republicans are fucking organized. Oh, they are way more organized than the Democratic people in terms of move lobbying and all of that stuff. Not saying that these people don't have their shit together, but like they're just very much methodical. And it makes me think about the Israelis. <laughs> so like Jewish community centers changing that. There's no Palestinian community centers there right. that organized exactly. to be able to do that. Right. And so I think the theme with this ties back to here is that you just have to be fucking organized and right. you can get away with whatever you want. Which is scary. But it's the money. Money is what I think funds organization because like maybe that there isn't enough money. Do, do the Republicans pay people to do like when you worked for Carrie and Hillary, you didn't get any money. You were volunteering. Yeah. I mean, do they have enough organization that they can pay people to because I would not as much. But that's an, I don't know. There's private donors coming from both sides, so it's hard to tell. Dude, even the Koch brothers were against Trump. That's uh -huh. what's weird to me. See, I'm really angry about all that lobbying and all that money. And the thing that makes me crazy, the craziest, ugh, one of the things that makes me the craziest, is like even when we're having local elections, all the paper trash that gets sent to us, and that costs a lot of money. All right, whenever there's a big vote thing happening we get no on end yes on end blah 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 and they're sending us stuff and every time you get one of those big full color two-sided unoriginally shit it's not like a three by six card it's like a fucking packet. 11 yeah, by yeah. nine you know hard semi-hard it's and then with the, the postage it's got to be a dollar so when i'm in my apartment complex and i see all hundred boxes and each of one of them has them in there. And that's just one apartment complex. So that's $100 just right there. And I'm like, $100? You could actually change. You could you could have an after-school lunch program. You could, you could give snacks to kids at school for free. There, like, there's all kinds of things that you could do with the money that gets thrown away. We're literally throwing it away. We take it out of our thing. And we just toss it in the garbage in the recycling. Yeah. And it's like... The misuse of funds. Lobbying is so stupid. It's a bunch of people talking to other people and throwing money at them. For what reason? Who gets the money? And it's not going to... It's like, so these people have legislation that they can change the legislation over something else, but can't we just change... Like, It's not going to happen. If you yet. need a school, we could build a school. If we have the money to build a school, if we weren't putting the money into paper products that we're trying to... It's not even just paper products. It's just like a lot of things. Mis There's so much money out there that we just don't have. We're just not... There's more money than you can even imagine. Just that's just being thrown out there, dust in the wind, going to those four. I mean, like even this this city with those Michelin star restaurants, it's like fuck you, like foie gras. Why the fuck does that exist? Because it's the, it's food of the angels. I love foie gras. It's, really? I fucking that's so love inhumane, it. That's so inhumane, though. I 
you know what though? I've seen other YouTube videos of them ringing a bell and the geese and the ducks come running and they put that funnel down their throat and they're so fucking happy. They're like, arr, 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 feed me more food. <laughs> they love it. That's not everybody that like nails their little webby feet to the ground and says, stay here and eat food. Like, I don't know. Duck liver is delicious. So is goose liver. Do, do I think that they should be force fed and fattened? That's kind of not nice to do to an animal. Um, I know that my cat will eat until he explodes, but I'm not going to harvest his liver and eat that. No. But I am going to... So I went to... This is this goes into what what is morality. I went into Whole Foods with my food stamps, and I was at the one right next to the park. Does Rainbow accept food stamps? Yes, they do. But it doesn't go as long away as Whole Foods, I'm assuming. No, as well, it depends. Whole Foods doesn't go anywhere. I mean, but so I went into Whole Foods and I got a little piece of cheese and I got a little tiny slice of foie gras and a baguette. I think I was spending they like... They sell it at Whole Foods? Yeah, it's foie gras terrine. It's not like foie, foie, foie gras. It's like, it's like foie gras that's cooked in a terrine with like um, kind of wine or whatever and they like emulsify it. Sometimes they put truffles in there too. <laughs> Sometimes they augment it with like chicken livers as well or even pork fat or pork liver okay but you want to stay with just if you can get the straight foie gras it's the best but so I'm getting it and I go up and I'm gonna go out with my food I've got a little tiny thing of arugula and a little baggie and I've got the, the um, baguette and we're, I'm gonna go sit in the park and we're gonna eat you know a snack and the lady shames me in front of everybody so first how did she know it was foie gras terrine because it was on the little sticker Oh. And so, but when you use whole, at any other place, you don't have to tell them you're using food stamps. You can just use them. Safeway, Trader Joe's, wherever. You just swipe your card and it looks like an regular transaction. It looks like a regular transaction. But at Whole Foods, you have to tell them. And then you have to say, I'm using, because otherwise you try to ring it through. They go, oh, what was that? Was that food stamps? And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, foie gras with food stamps? Seriously? The, the checkout lady? The checkout lady at the fucking San Francisco <laughs> Whole Foods next to hate, you know, like next to the park. Yeah, 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 but yeah. It shamed me. Uh, I am not surprised by that at all, though. I think that's really funny. I think yeah. that could be actually a really good joke. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm going to use... I don't eat tomorrow. I just need my frog on a day. <laughs> well, but I can go to whole, I can go to food for less, and I can go where fish sticks go to die, and I can get like That's some just disgusting, disgusting, gross thing. Yeah, for the same price, or I can eat, and which probably has maybe even the same calories. Foie gras is a calorie dense, rich food. I mean, yeah, I mean, dollar for you know pound, it might actually be higher caloric content that maybe even triscuits. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I haven't had it in years. I just have stayed away from it. <laughs> I love. Uh, what what we're asking weird questions. What's the food that w- you'd die without having it? Oh God! Seeing how I'm on this diet right now, why I'm, are you on a diet? I told you that's this. Right. I know. I know. <laughs> so silly. Uh, if I could eat whatever Big Mac every day, really? Oh my God! Yes. You so love good. the Big Mac. I love fast food. You love the fast food. Oh this my surprises God. me. Why? You just don't, I mean, maybe you really are a trash panda. You just love it. You love to eat the trash. Oh, my God. One time, before any of this happened, eating clean food, uh, I spent like $30 at McDonald's with me and my boyfriend, and we went to my backyard patio, got like three fish fillets, two Big Macs, four quarter pounders, a bunch of chicken nuggets. Whoa. Shit is good. Wow. Shit is good. So I grew up on fast food, too. Okay. Fast food and sitcoms. Yeah, yeah, that's sad, isn't it? 
That's really sad. Hey, it's well. So, what's your favorite? Your favorite fast food is Big Mac. That's it. That's the desert island food. Got to have one of those. That and any type of Vietnamese food. Is okay, really good. well, Vietnamese food's healthy as fuck. Yeah, I know. Healthy as fuck. Healthy food. I actually really <laughs> fucking like. Um, but yeah, anything. Toulon. You've been to Toulon? Of course you have. You live in the city. Ten years. You've been in the city ten years, but have you been to Toulon on Sixth Street? Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, definitely. Good. The best Vietnamese food in the city, super cheap. It's like six seventy five for imperial roll and bowl of noodles. Oh yeah, I took a couple of my coworkers there because I work off right by there. Oh. But I remember when I first moved here, I had it and I got like the runs really badly. Oh yeah, yeah. I think they changed something in terms of ownership or something. They changed their like they upgraded their quality, well, something okay. like that. I, I, God, I. I get diarrhea so much I don't think it's from the food I think it's just from all the alcohol <laughs> Like it's all the whiskey It's like I just can't Oh god it's, yeah It's terrible news It's bad Yeah We're uh I think we're coming up to the end here If some call me Tim Look at that Just an hour What are the, the last things We didn't talk that much about religion that much But that's okay It's like what you believe in We know you believe in the Big Mac And we know you believe in the stoners Yes We know that you believe That they're gonna get something done Sunday He's going to get you that orange eventually. If you nag him enough, I know. it's going to get done. It's going to be okay. We know you don't believe in the caste system. Yeah. Or arranged marriages. I believe in mutiny. Oh, yay! <laughs> yay! Uh, we'll, we'll go out one of these days and we'll, we'll, go, we'll go get a drink in a legal establishment. Yeah, let's do <laughs> it. To do that together. I know, but not with those douchebag speakeasies. I no, swear no, to God, no, 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 no. Yeah. Well, and not brainwash. I just can't go there. I, I feel like if I... No, I, I mean, I can't go there. I go there all the time. But I go there so much that I feel like I just you have to... You can't relax there. Yeah, you can't just I go can't there. just go... I can't go there unless I'm doing comedy. But then I... I'll, I'll get up anyway. If I'm saying... I won't go... If I go there, I'm going to get up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not going to not... I'm not going to go listen to other comics and not... And then it's like, why would we want to go listen to comedy when you... You run an open mic now once a week. You know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, why would I go see other comics when it's... I'm not going up. Yeah, you <laughs> are. Exactly. You are. Anyways. No, we it's it. We get it. We understand each other. So, uh, everybody out there in the listening audience, you can see and listen to Trish Pandia every Wednesday from 8 to 10 p.m. on Trish and Dan Face Oblivion. Awesome. Yeah, great open mic. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you, you for having me. I'm glad you fun. feel better. I know, me too. Yeah, mm. and did you you got to did you take today off work too, or did you just? Yeah, I took today off. I took yesterday and today off. I might take tomorrow off. Yeah, don't get your coworkers sick. If you're in a building with like it seems like there's more than a hundred people there, which you are, no, don't go yeah. don't go sick. No, because then you're gonna get a hundred plus people sick. It's awful. No, I don't want to do that. Yeah. we we're, we're we're told like don't get other people. Sick. There are people who still want to be like, hey, I'm sick. Somebody has to convince me to go home I'm like dude you're not being considerate whatsoever right yeah yeah stop being it's not we, we've already been in school because you're contagious in the first three days right I think well who knows it, I think we're all contagious all the time it depends what you're sick from <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't even know uh, so for the end of the hour we always do a little pervert fervor so we're gonna get to that right now thanks again for listening to Some Call Me Tim.
special treat in the house, everybody. Uh, we have the Cartier sisters. Jeannie mm. <laughs> <laughs> and Marie Cartier. Here. Yeah, you have to say our name like that. Cartier. <laughs> well, it's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you have a Louis Vuitton backpack and you're filling it with Cartier diamonds. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are well. You guys are diamonds. You're, you're amazing people. Oh. Gems to the community. Oh. Uh, ex circus freaks. Or yeah. still circus freaking? Yeah. Still I'm jumping a, through chairs. I'm a failed circus freak. Yeah, Marie <laughs> tried. I was not strong enough, not flexible enough. Yeah. We had really, like, hardcore Chinese, like, circus trainers, and it was... I got through it. Enough. It was a little intense for me. It was not a everybody gets a trophy kind of situation. No, it really right. wasn't. Right. This was like the 90s. It wasn't the whole like helicopter parenting moment of like everyone's perfect and wonderful. Yeah, it was like <laughs> everybody gets sat on so you go deeper into your stretch. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So just a little child abuse. Yeah, just like just light, little, child light child light. abuse. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Uh, Ex-Circus Reese. Now, I've... I do something you do every once in a while, Jeannie. I have a, I have an, I do an open mic at OMG, and they have these uh, tall bar stools, and so I will put my body through the bar stool while, because it's a, because it's a, <laughs> it's a cordless mic, and so I figure if you're gonna go through a chair, it should be with a cordless yeah. mic. So I'll, I'll always do that, and I think of you and your dance with yeah, the, with the folding the chair. chair. Well, and you I go do through that the chair. in this very show, you actually. Do I that go through, trick? That's like my trick, is I go through the folding chair, yeah. Go through the and if I gain even one pound, then I cannot do you it. You cannot fit through the chair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't believe you do it like on your back, you slide through with the legs, and this crazy thing happens, and you're doing mm. all this crazy stuff with the chair. I just like, get through the bar stool. Like, it's yeah. pretty miraculous. Just like any way you can. Any way I can. With the crawling, putting the, just trying to hold the microphone. So yeah, but you guys have a show called Yesterday Is Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. This is an original show that me and Marie, just us two, it's a duo show, came up with together. And do you want to do our do the yeah? Um, it's, it's part of our artist in residency with the San Francisco Mime Troupe. Cool. Which is just around the corner from here, which is cool and convenient for us and um so it's basically a comedy variety show but that has an overarching narrative and it the main themes are talking about technology and its effects on our lives and also um being an artist and the struggles of being an artist and how those things overlap um but it's supposed to be funny. It gets maybe a little preachy at times, but overall, <laughs> so supposed to be, to be funny. funny. We tried not to be preachy, but it's yeah. hard when you're making like a political show that's right. like trying to make a political point and trying to like make this, you know, argument about like this is how technology profoundly affects our lives and like we should really think about that and like look at it. And it's hard not to get this tone of like, well, you should be better about not yeah. looking at your phone all the time. Oh, well, yeah, but that's absolutely true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, phone looking at has destroyed sidewalk politics and it has destroyed yes. social interaction there was yeah. a really nice gentleman the other day yesterday when I was wa I was kind of in a bad mood and I was walking down through the tenderloin and I was just I was kind of angry about some things that were going on and he looked at me and he said hello and smiled at me and I was like what a pleasant man yeah who just said hello to me yeah. on the street yeah. he didn't he didn't like talk about my butt or say that yeah. like, a crazy person later in the day said how how dare you think you can get anywhere without a man and I was I looked at him and I said well that's sexist yeah <laughs> I, I, for me, it's always when somebody says, tells me to smile, and then I have to kind of growl at them. Right. Like, yeah, right. like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> because, I don't like people telling me what to do. Well, because women should 
are always better when they look yeah. pleasant. Oh, yes. of course. Yeah. We are there just yeah. to be looked at, actually. Yeah, but yeah. the phone thing, like, people aren't looking at anything. They're not saying hello. They're not, they, yeah. they don't see people in their yeah. way. They run into and people. And it's perfectly acceptable now. Like, they it's can get, totally fine to just, like, sit in the corner of a party and look at your phone. Like, at a bar, anywhere, yeah. at mm-hmm. restaurants, yeah. like, in line for things. At People will, and that's the other thing, though, is there's an expectation on the other side. Like, mm-hmm. if you send someone else a text and it boop, 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 boops, and it texts, yeah. people feel like in any conversation, they can just grab and look at that because the person on the other end is expecting an answer right away but why do we have to give that person an answer why do we have to be why do we have to be connected in that way which isn't a real connection Mm -hmm. no be available for everybody all the time totally and I think it's like a double standard like if I were to be reading a book in all the situations where people are looking at their phones it wouldn't be appropriate I worked a few years ago as a (laughs) as a as a camp counselor and if and all the counselors you know by the end of the day they're all looking at their phones I actually don't have a smartphone and I thought like God I would I would love to just get my book out oh I have the same one did you get it at Safeway? Yeah, it was like $39. Yeah. It doesn't it oh. doesn't connect to the internet. It just does yeah. text. Yeah. yeah, but it's the QWERTY keyboard. Yeah, so that's it's not nice. real. You Mine is, that was a step yeah, up from my flip buttons. phone. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, I would be like, I would love to just be reading a book right now, but that would obviously be inappropriate be when you're supposed to be supervising yeah. children. Yeah. yeah. Right. But you can look at your phone though. Like, yeah. yeah, I know. Well, I think it's like people get this like Pavlovian response to their phone dinging. Like, right. And I feel it too sometimes where I have a hard time when my phone buzzes not looking at it and I have to like consciously be like no you're having a conversation genie right right look at the person in their eyes you know like it's hard when we're like we're programmed by our technology as much as like we program it whoa yeah it's true boom boom Mike dropped. <laughs> no, it's it's true and it's scary and it's what we're doing to the children too is that yeah. I'm hanging out tonight with two 11-year-olds mm-hmm. and they'll sit in a room mm-hmm. together on their phone mm-hmm. talking to each other on their phone. And I'm what? like, can't we put the phone away? Because you guys are texting each other right now. <laughs> so why wouldn't you just talk to each other? Why would you text each other? Isn't yeah. that weird? Or they, so weird. they do this Musical.ly app where they they videotape themselves lip syncing something really slow and then it speeds it up and then they send uh. it to their friends. And so they'll both be on the couch and they'll both be doing their own Musical.ly videos and then they'll <laughs> send them to each other and then they'll both each other's like them. And I'm like, can we play shoots and ladders? And they're yeah. like, eh. and they're like, that's a dumb game. And I'm like, can't we... <laughs> can we do something I'm like can we do the Wii like at least if we're doing the Wii we're at least doing something yeah yeah. I I used to do childcare too and there's um, I worked with toddlers and we had this little um, like slate like you know little mini chalkboard thing that was at the daycare and they would pretend it was an iPad (gasps) and they didn't know like that it was a slate thing and they and they or they pretend it was a phone because they probably yeah. saw their parents on it and were like oh it's just yeah. like the thing they it's have it's a black shiny smooth yeah. thing yeah it's so yeah. sad it's really i like wondered too i'm like what is this generation gonna i mean i'm sure like every generation says that right. about like the younger they're like oh what are these kids who grew up with television gonna you know right but like i wonder about it because it is like so much stimulation and it's so fast and so many the news cycle is so fast like we were just talking about the trending news today uh in the previous show the trends we'd clicked 
to one of the trends to see what was going on. And then I'd go back and the trends had already changed. I'm like, wait yeah. a minute. How could it be trending now? But it was trending then, but it's trending. It was like, yeah. it was trending, but it's not trending like, anymore. It was second. two seconds no, ago. No, it was nobody trending. cares about that anymore. And who's in control of what that trend is? Like, yeah. you know, yeah, that's I, I don't question. know. It's it's all these like giant corporations that are deciding what we're seeing. And right. yeah. uh, that's a big thing with our show is is it's not so much anti-technology so much as anti-corporate and how right, yeah. right. like we yeah. all do become so complacent with these how we're obsessed with convenience and we right. become mm-hmm. so complacent and then we'll we'll take whatever technology and corporations decide to give us yeah right. yeah like technology no, has totally gotten because we can use mm-hmm. technology for really great things like we could like create like stem cell stuff that will like heal people and like right. we could do all this really cool stuff with technology but like we're just like looking at cat videos right exactly <laughs> so yeah absolutely think about that <laughs> I, I've been I've been really hip on the raccoons lately I used to like cat videos but now the I'm, raccoon I'm videos, really yeah. into raccoons yeah mm. they're really cute yeah I mean, don't get me wrong they're I love really those videos cute. too it's just like within re- you know like right, within right, reason right, right. Like, I like it when it's like goats that are in a weird place sure like, and the they've like climbed <laughs> like how how did the goat get up there why, why is the goat in a tree the goat climbed in a tree of course it did <laughs> no um technology is it's, it's it's they say it's connecting us but it's actually tearing us apart yeah and yeah made me think about um, going through the chair if you guys ever do like a dance or a show you should if you ever get abortion involved you gotta use that chair move <laughs> when you're doing the abortion mm. thing you know what I mean like mm. head first feet first distraction that yeah. had never Interesting. ever occurred to me yeah because you're going through the chair vagina and then yeah, coming right. out it's good yeah I, I was thinking about stem cells the other day and I was thinking about my uterus and how I, I don't choose to use it right now. I have a IUD in there. It's a copper pool right, sweeper right. for my mm-hmm. uterus. Keeps it all the dead babies. Anyways, I was thinking like, it's my uterus. What if I wanted to grow stem cells in it? What if I had a friend, like I have a friend right now who has terrible cancer. What if they were like, oh, oh well, all we need are some stem cells. I would totally be like Jonathan boyfriend, awesome Jonathan. Let's put some, let's take out this IUD. Yeah. Let's put some cells in there. Let's extract them and make some stem cells. Now, some people say I'm Satan or the devil because mm-hmm. I've just created something. And I say, no, I'm pro-life. I want to sustain yeah, the life of my to friends. Totally. Save your friend's life. Yeah, totally. Why I, couldn't I use yeah. my uterus that way? I think yeah. I think that's also interesting because yeah, if it's the individual's choice to do that, I think it should be. But then also, my I love science fiction, and my brain goes to then a corporation hires out all these women to be right. like, like yeah. farms for stem Farm cells, sure. stem cells. Yeah. which is yeah. probably like some sort of scare tactic that the right would use. But yeah. it is interesting, like if that. Or maybe we all just be in control of our own stem cells and we yeah. completely subvert the, own sis- yeah. the whole system. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. If you, I, I mean, I don't want to have... A, the only reason I could think to want to have a kid would be to, one, win the science fair, which is very important to me. And yes. two, oh, so I've, always wanted to, I've always wanted to win the science fair. <laughs> it's like the only... Re- I'm just going to abduct a fifth grader and then I'm going to win yeah. the science fair. But it's going to be great. And then the police will be like, it's okay because you guys won the science fair together and we'll like, it'll be a movie later. We'll like high five at yeah, the end. It'll be like a hallmark. Yeah. There should so, be an orangutan oh, yeah. in it for yeah, no yeah. reason. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, unlikely <laughs> duo won the science fair. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's just okay with it yeah, at the yeah, end. They're like, yeah, that's fine. But she stole him out of a parking lot yeah. Safeway. But his parents didn't want him anyways. They were gonna. They kept. They kept calling him a late-term abortion. She. Anyways, it's terrible. But I want to. I would. The only other reason I could think to use my uterus would be like, it's the future. We can't do that yet. Like. Yeah. You would think that if your brother, like, if a family member of mine got cancer, I'd be like, 
man, I'm growing you some stem cells right now. Because it'd be, we'd have the same DNA. It'd be that much easier, mm-hmm. wouldn't it? And don't we have like 3D printing machines now? Can't we like 3D yeah. print like, like a new DNA? kidney for yeah. me? Yeah, like what if, check this out. I have one bad <laughs> kidney. What if I make my own stem cells to make my own kidney to put back in my, you know what I mean? Like yeah. my kidney is yeah. going to fail eventually. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know that I much mean, about stem cells. I don't really know the science. It yeah. seems like that seems viable to <laughs> sure. me. Yeah, or eventually, like soon, if not now. But yeah. not technology. <laughs> yeah. So it, we but, could do that. And technology and morality, they come together in weird ways. Like yeah. now, yeah. now every 10 year old can watch all the porn in the world. Is that yeah. great? What is that doing with the grab the pussy mm-hmm. thing? Of course, there's 16 year old boys yeah. that are raping girls in school and taking pictures of it and putting it on Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's happening mm-hmm. because we've got 10 year olds now with ubiquitous access to, to like porn, everything. to everything, yeah. to everything that anyone has ever like thought to or yeah, any <laughs> any sexual deviance that has happened. Yeah. Now, a, any young little person, a 12 year old, a 13 year old, can be like, boop, and they can be watching it. And the access to that is really scary to me. It's scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really scary. And I think it's still, I mean, I still think the overall issue is capitalism because Mm -hmm. it's not so much that that, like if, if we were in a situation where we were really learning about loving sexual relationships if we didn't have these like toxic gender roles that like capitalism promotes then I think we would be in it would be a whole different ball game then and there'd maybe be more critical thinking so you could see porn and not be like oh that must be what sex is supposed to be like that's what girls like like. that's what people think yeah and also that that porn is so one-sided and that it's all for men right like there's like so little porn that's like for women or like Mm -hmm. about what women want in bed so Mm -hmm. like it's just this completely biased like view of like what sex is and like yeah yeah so Yay, yeah. technology. Yeah. <laughs> Capitalism. Yay. Yeah. Well, so are you guys Marxists? Are you straight up Marxists? Do you call yourself socialists? Or? Uh, I would say more like social. Yeah, I'd say more like socialists. Yeah, I wouldn't label myself. Yeah. Um, I have like anarchist leanings too where I'm just like, we should just be able to do what we want. I've spent time in anarchist spaces where um, that's very compelling. Um, so I wouldn't, I would, I would call myself anti-capitalist, but I wouldn't label myself in a specific ideology. Right, anti-capitalist. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. There's probably a few, like, definitely some, like, Marxist ideas in our show, like, for sure. Like, yeah. Like, the yeah. idea of just, like, communities and, like, people sharing. Yeah, we like, have some, know. like, hippie ideals that come in at the end. Um, yeah. yeah. Going through a sort of apocalyptic scenario to a more um, utopic... Yeah utopian vision right mm-hmm. maybe we'll see it's still in development yeah <laughs> hippy yeah. dippy stuff uh so you guys are april 28th and 29th at 8 mm-hmm. p.m at the mime troop uh studio mm-hmm. which is right up the street at 855 treat mm-hmm. it's free but there's a suggested donation of ten dollars that's mm-hmm. great free yep. free we won't free. turn you away though free we show won't, free we won't, we won't <laughs> yeah. turn them away we that's won't great. turn you away that's great. Uh, they can you can find out more at CartierSisters.weebly.com. Mm-hmm. Yesterday is tomorrow. A revolutionary review. So do you write it ahead of time and then you cre- or is it you guys are doing a lot of improv based stuff and then you create it from there? Mm. Yeah, it's like a very interesting process. Like, I mean, obviously, like we're sisters, so like we know each other super well <laughs> and like have so a it, similar sense of we humor. We have a similar sense of humor. Yeah. yeah, like we kind of like already had been talking about it for a long time before we started making it, and so we like. Sort of had an idea but then when it came down to it what sort of ended up happening is like 
you know, Marie would write run, ske- run sketch and I would be like, this is pretty good, but I think we should change some things. And like, I would kind of edit it and then would go back and forth. And then like, I would write one and like, she would be like, oh, I don't know about this part, you know, like, so it kind of ended up just being like that we both worked on all of it, but like right. certain, like people who like know us really well will probably watch it and be like, oh, Jeannie clearly wrote that part, oh, <laughs> you know, right. or like, oh, Marie clearly wrote that yeah, part. The, the, the five minute long sketch where it's all me talking yeah, is Marie probably written by me. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and she gave herself the hardest lines. That's like always our thing at rehearsal. Is Marie's like, "Who wrote this? Why did I do this to myself?" Right? <laughs> yeah. Who? Wrote, what? What kind of playwright? Yeah. But also, yeah. their actors I mean, this way. also Jeannie has the harder physical roles mm-hmm. because I have the more like traditional acting training. Yeah. And yeah. Jeannie has more the circus training. Are you yeah. gonna fall down a ladder? Are you gonna do ladder <laughs> tricks this time? Ropes? No, from but the there is a. I don't want to say too much about it, but there is a sort of like sad robot dance oh wow <laughs> and ai also, yeah. yeah sex yeah. robots yeah <laughs> it's i don't know how future. sexy it is but it's but it's yeah well you'll see you'll see what cool. you yeah. see yeah yeah it's an interesting there's moment. some there's some drag there's um our boy band alter egos appear oh, yes. that's funny um yes. we've been performing as the boy band to be true oh for wow. a couple years and mm-hmm. so they're yeah. a big part of the show yeah, as well they're major characters and we see kind of what happens to them wow. when the revolution happens and yeah yeah those are our, our alter egos a little yeah. bit. so you're only doing it two nights at the mime troupe but then mm-hmm. you're gonna probably tour it around to like fringe yeah. festival or so you're so gonna you're gonna make a tape of it and then you're gonna send it out Yes, we'll try. I mean, if anyone wants to wants us to perform at their venue, please let us know at CartierSisters.Weebly.com. But we are waitlisted for the San Francisco Fringe. We're not sure if we're going to be able to do it yet. Um, And we're trying to think of like alternative venues we can do. We Mm -hmm. definitely intend to perform it again. We just um, are still working on like where. How much size do you need? Um, I mean, not that big. Yeah, maybe like ideally like a 10 by 10 gotcha stage because there is a fair amount of movement like it's not just us like standing, standing. talking yeah it's not like the standard solo yeah. show kind of yeah. thing there's yeah. a lot of running around mm-hmm. and dancing dancing and yeah and stuff like that and we do need you know some technical stuff but like you know we can work with we yeah. can work the with the set what is two folding chairs so yeah oh wow simple. cool yeah it's pretty yeah. simple we have a lot of random costume changes but you know it doesn't take up a lot of space so awesome uh, how long is the show run? Is it like an hour long, 50 minutes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about 55 minutes. Oh, rad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the perfect length. Yeah, because well, <laughs> yeah. no one gets bored. No one gets it's bored. Under, <laughs> under two hours. Well, yeah. and it's only two of us, so we have a, it's a it's really a, exhausting 55 yeah. minutes. We're yeah, sweating absolutely. by yeah, the end. Yeah, we're sweating. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Especially wow. me, because I do all the acrobatics and stuff. <laughs> Sweaty women, free show. Yeah. Sweaty women, yeah, free, free show. show. <laughs> I mean, I guess if something like that, you could do it. At, like, There's a lot of cool outdoor venues. I don't, mm-hmm. like Something I keep noticing is on Facebook, Fillmore by the McDonald's, which I hate that. I think that McDonald's actually closed, but anyways, there's Mm -hmm. this park that's very small and it's enclosed on three sides. And then there's a big stage at one end and they Mm. even have electrical outlets, but then there's all this grass in front of it. So it's like, it's basically like a stage space that just exists on Fillmore. So yeah. it would be, and it's big. It'd be something cool that would be if you guys had an outdoor one. Yeah. Like at six o'clock on a Sunday or something in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. still light out and you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. And doing it about, you know, it, but there's yeah. a lot of spaces like that. There's also a stage yeah. at the top of Hilltop Park where the 44 goes up to the top of. It's like the top of 
they basically Bayview or Hunter's Point oh, and it's yeah, at the top yeah. of this beautiful hill and there's this huge amphitheater that has really great acoustics and there's you could oh, stand yeah. at the bottom and do it mm-hmm. and then there's all these chair and the the acoustics are awesome because the way that it's like a it's like an amphitheater that was made in like the old greek style yeah so so there's all kinds of like yeah places the only place where they probably would shut you down is if you did it in front of the de young museum on that big stage Uh, with those benches and chairs the place i've always wanted to do it is in the shakespeare garden which Mm -hmm. is right by the academy of sciences i've always wanted to do a show like a shakespeare show sure in the shakespeare garden Um, but it is so heavily like patrolled right around there. So it's such a like tourists, big yeah. tourist area. And you have to. I mean, I think you you can use it. You just have to get a permit for it. Mm-hmm. So that's why they would crack down it. Because I've been there on a Saturday and gotten up on that stage and started just fucking around, yeah, telling jokes and stuff, uh-huh. and nobody kicked me off. Yeah. But if you made, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what would happen if you. I mean, you said you have an anarchist yeah. spirit. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, no, we're not above that at all. I mean, like, I think, like, I mean, our inspiration is the San Francisco Mime Troupe, and they've been performing in the parks for free for people for, like, 50 years. Eight, 58 years. 58 years. And it was not legal when the f- mm-hmm. when they first started doing yeah. it. Their involvement in the parks is actually a big reason we have events in parks at all now. Like, wow. there was yeah. a huge legal battle at their inception when they would get arrested for performing in the parks. Now mm-hmm. they get permits. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, they're very well established now. Like, people know who they are. But. And the, uh, Yeah, and the landscape has changed beca- mm-hmm. because they did it illegally yeah. at first. Yeah. There, there's a, at the Dolores Park, the new kid area, there's this boat and it's like a stage and I've always mm-hmm. been like I want to do something on that damn oh, boat yeah. that, the but boat then with the kids it'd have to be kid friendly yeah. because you're on the kids area right. section and so yeah we do swear a little bit in the show <laughs> well, we, we tried to keep it to I like I think kids would just be like this is weird yeah they don't I, even know what theater is they're like be what like, are these people doing <laughs> they'd probably be more like bored than anything is else they're like why are they mob? talking <laughs> so much talking yeah, you guys think well obviously theater isn't dead because you're still doing it but yeah. do you, you see the decline of theater I mean I think it's like yeah I mean yeah obviously like television is our main you know source of entertainment now like but I think that like Netflix is yeah Netflix yeah Yeah. that's true yeah I think that like for the people who like have always really loved theater and are like all about the like those people are still going you know right right. but I I think yeah it's tough it's evolving too I think well I think there's one thing which is that theater is getting better in terms of its representation and not just being like an old white man thing anymore. Um, But I think also it's becoming more of a thing that it has to be this experiential thing. And it's like, Oh, what, what's the word? Like, uh, what's the word when, you have a theater immersive, immersive theater experience oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. and i think yeah, like which is cool the, that's like almost like i totally think it is cool um and it's, it's like the new thing in new york where you go in and then they blindfold yeah, you and they no take more. you into yeah. a room yeah or like queen of the night yeah things happen and you're like bah. yeah yeah, yeah. and i it's almost like the great. expectation that like that's how um yeah well that's it has how you to like, be but it should be like and I think that's like one medium, sure. but I think it's kind of sad to me to think that like people don't have the attention span anymore to just sit down and shut up and like listen to what someone else has to say mm-hmm. for a, like an extended period mm-hmm. of time. You guys yeah. should, at the beginning, I shouldn't tell you what to do with your show, but if you're going to tell everybody to put their cell phones away, like a normal theater thing, when they say, mm-hmm. please turn your cell phones off, it could be a really funny little gag mm-hmm. about how 
you things about cell phones and technology, <laughs> yeah. and you have a funny gag about putting your cell phones away. Or, it's yeah, true. I have, true. Like, that has occurred to me. Although that's true. We, we should, really, we'll yeah, do that. We, we'll do that. Because yeah. you're gonna have to make them do it anyways. But because wouldn't it yeah. be the worst thing is in the middle of your show, someone pulls out their cell phone, right? Yeah. And then you're like, yeah. If you're not taking yeah. a picture of us, we're gonna have to confiscate your cell yeah. phone. Yeah. Like, you no, can take a picture of us. Okay. So now, well, I hadn't planned to plug his band, but I'm now going to. But because my boyfriend is in a band called Northern Waste, um, and they're very like sort of anti like you know San Francisco techie kind of stuff and he has this song that's like literally about like put your phone away and like just be in the moment and like I remember him playing this song at one point and this guy like is on his phone oh my and God. he just like, like you're not went up to him and sang bro. directly to him until he noticed which it actually took like 10 seconds for this guy to notice that the lead singer was like Singing in his face about yeah, yeah yeah but yeah they're called that's Northern Waste they're really good <laughs> you should listen to them the phone in your face and put the phone it's it's um irony and uh yeah i i mean a sad moment breaking all that see i have a thing about i think that touchscreen technology utilizes the uh the dead souls of chinese babies that's what touch (laughs) that's how it makes the screens go is that like we kill eight uh chinese babies for every phone Mm. and that's why when you put them in rice sometimes they can be saved after you dump them in the water i know is that too inappropriate it's like my racism is just on the skew i'm like i don't know i think in the right i don't know well no i shouldn't say anything i think some chinese people would find that really funny well there are people that kill themselves they've been working for iphones and stuff and they don't make enough money and that it makes me crazy that we've got fifth graders here that are just taking their iphone and dumping it in the toilet and they don't care they don't even think it's a tiny computer in your pocket and if we don't teach people and teach children like the importance of and the the, yeah the grand amazing you have a computer Mm -hmm. in your pocket that's a computer yeah yeah there's a computer in your pocket oh my god like that's huge and we're just like oh there's a computer in your pocket whatever just throw it around get a case (laughs) yeah Yeah, there's like access all information ever that that age like mining the rare minerals that go into that phone exactly we have a we have an off-color conflict mineral joke yeah yeah, yeah. we do because yeah. there's like tungsten in it like what and, and what do we do does anybody like they don't use their iphones till they break they'll either break them or they just get the new one because they want to upgrade because yeah. somehow the upgrades that better. is not something i'll yeah. ever understand me neither i like have an really old iphone which i would have actually stayed on a dumb phone but i had to get one for my job because i was a tour guide and i had to be able to look up when the buses were coming and so i got an iphone and i have this like really old one it's like three or four or something like that, like really old and like none of my apps work like oh. they're all just like obsolete like oh you need this system to in order right, to right. like update it or whatever and so now i'm just like why do i even have like i like can't there's even nothing use, you like, can do yeah i yeah, can't even use it's itunes so, it's and like, I'm like it's a perfectly is- good phone like i'm being punished for like taking care of my phone exactly like yeah that now i can't use any of this stuff yeah. and like people make fun of me and i'm like who should we really be making fun of exactly like, that you're but you're using things till they break and that used to be an old american ideal was like you use yeah. you make quality yeah. products so they don't so break. they last so they yeah. last you only have yeah. to have and you pay once. a little more for them so that right. you get a good thing that lasts a long time my, yeah. my KitchenAid, i've been using it since i got it for my wedding in 2000 it's a wow. 17 year old KitchenAid, and i just made nice. pasta with yeah. it the other day i believe um yeah. our dad has the way we were raised was it you use it until it breaks and then you duct tape it yeah, back and together then you patch yes. it up yes. and you use it another 10 years and my yeah. dad has had i think his food processor is older than us wow. and we'll make fun of him sometimes because you know it is kind of like it's glued together yeah. and stuff but he, i think he found it on the street like 
when we were very young 30 years ago like couches older than me like that was definitely never gotten a new couch a way we were raised is that that couch is comfy as hell though it's super comfy i sleep on that thing it was like our mom's like college Mm. couch that like we just yeah literally still have it's a new thing like it's an old thing but people now that's that's a that's an unusual point of view to use things till they break i do that too i don't Mm -hmm. this phone people make fun of me all the time but i'm like i don't care the kids even ask me the children they're like if you were a real person and you got a smartphone and i'm like a real person (laughs) so i'm not a real person because i don't have a smartphone (laughs) that's That's what you just said i'm not a real person i I speak the truth in a weird way i think that like have not having a smartphone should be like a respected lifestyle choice similar to like being a vegan right where they're like oh yeah like you prefer text rather than email because you can't check it all day like it should be something yeah, you're right. accommodating you should be like allowed People to be as annoying about it yeah. <laughs> as being a right. vegan <laughs> well but vegans have i mean they have a real big point about capitalism and consumerism oh, and, totally. and what we've done to the, they do and you said about the but it's the moving farther and farther away from our food and having the ease and the convenience mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. everything if i wanted an apple pie i can get an apple pie within right now within yeah. like 25 minutes I can go up to Mission Pie and I can get a nice pie that's mm-hmm. like locally sourced with the mm-hmm. apples and the, or I can go and I can get a frozen Sara Lee pie for, yeah, for like yeah. $4 or for $2 something yeah. something gross right from like the freezer in, yeah. in uh, Safeway that was made in like Indiana and yeah. was shipped over here and took all the carbon and somehow footprint somehow that's cheaper yeah. I yeah. Doesn't, it, it's it doesn't right. so make weird. sense it's right. so weird to have the locally yeah. sourced thing on 25th street versus a pie that was made with hydrogenated oils in some weird yeah. factory yeah, and in all Iowa. the ingredients came and from different like, places it's so right. like american too like i was just in as apple in pie france mm-hmm. like and like this sounds so pretentious like hearing myself say this but like i was just in france and like they just like don't have like like everyone just like goes to the local market for their like fresh food every day and they like don't have like gmos and like shit in their food and like everyone's like healthy and like <laughs> the Isn't food that tastes amazing, amazing. right and yeah. whether we eat packaged boxed gross and because it's the convenience or the the yeah. idea of convenience that we're after yeah I and mean, you were our, our previous guest trish pandy and she's like i'm like what's your desert island and she loves fast food i can't believe that i thought she was a more progressive mm. person i thought that we all like moved on from that like yeah we all know fast food kills you we know that now yeah like it's been proven yeah like, we know that it yeah. causes cholesterol and it causes diabetes and it's not good calories for your body. There's no like, there's very little nutritional value when you're only, the only thing you have is like a little bit of tomato or some pickle mm-hmm. and a, like some lettuce shreds and yeah. bread. Yeah. And there's like a ton of sugar in it. Sugar. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, and fat. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really not even that like cheap. If you're right. like living in a situation where you don't have access to a kitchen and you buy that every day, it's like actually really expensive it's yeah it's cheaper to like how like you'll eat it and then you're like hungry like an hour later because it's like no nutrition so you're not actually nourishing your body in any way right like yeah it's I it's don't know. just made to be addictive but it's yeah. and it's technology yeah. that makes it because we used to have small farms and when we moved to mm-hmm. bigger farms we made them have bigger farms with more yeah. technology with more like Monsanto products to kill Roundup Ready yeah, soybeans and, and the yeah. chemicals and then but then we take all the corn and we turn the corn into other things we turn the corn into corn syrup and then we put corn syrup in everything we put corn yeah. syrup in in granola bars why is there corn syrup in a granola yeah. bar yeah. that makes no sense the only thing that 
corn, corn syrup is really good for is in tiny bits when you're making fresh caramels. You have to add corn syrup because it makes it so your mm. sugar won't recrystallize. Mm. And in certain things, it it helps oh, your sugar. Good to know. Like, because so if I, I make a lot of caramels, <laughs> so caramels, but, mm. caramels, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, they they they're medicated. Yeah, but um, it's really easy to work with sugar because it's cheap. But then if you add a little bit of corn syrup, it it makes sure that your um, sugar molecules won't recrystallize mm. so it won't bloom. See, that's like a perfect metaphor for like how we should view technology though. It's like in small doses like used for the right things to like positively benefit everybody i.e. the people who eat these caramels like right, right. it's great like sure like it's great that we have the internet and we can like look anything up like anytime we want to you know that's right. awesome but let's not like forget about books like right you know like let's still like read novels and like <laughs> right reading novels we don't yeah but people will watch movies but they yeah. won't read novels and it's like well, yeah. it's boring and it takes too long and i'm like are you that's kidding so me weird to me yeah, that's so weird. I mean, I, like me and Marie are like obsessed with the library. Yeah, yeah, the library both... plays a role in the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We are kind of grumpy old men that we're like, why don't people just get DVDs from the library? That's literally what movies? I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're all there. They're it's all great. there. It's free. Everything it's is free. free. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you get out of the house. You like go right. take a walk. It's really right. nice. <laughs> and librarians are very friendly because you're not like a, you know, angry, like crazy person. <laughs> like you're like a nice, normal person. And... I love the library. I, I, yeah, now I'm going through their fourth floor. They have a whole book, uh, kitchen cookbooks. They have mm. so many cookbooks. Yeah, they have mm. they have rows and rows and rows. And I so I I got right now. I oh, I love this one. It's it's um it's baking. It's from the it's from the Bible. It's a Jewish lady who made a book where she takes a Bible verse where they mention food in the Bible, and then she kind of recreates an interesting recipe, and then she wants people to make the foods together and then sit down at the table and talk about this like biblical reference and I'm sitting here reading this book it's so up my alley it's like right in my wheelhouse and I love it the Lot's Wife one it's potatoes that are baked in salt crust Mm. so it's like little tiny but it's it's you know when you talk about salt and preservation but it actually makes your potatoes really crispy and really soft and delicious and perfect intentional and yeah no that's awesome yeah that's a really I mean like that's like Again, in France, (laughs) where people are superior to us in every way. Um, They, like, teach their kids, like, like teaching about food is like part of their schooling like where wow. they like teach like you know like they teach them how to like eat it and how to prepare it and how you should linger over a meal that's like a huge thing in France like you shouldn't rush a meal ever like they take like two hours lunch breaks yeah like, the most there. American thing in the world is walking around with a coffee t- cup like yeah. you're just like walking around no, with you your coffee cup walking that. around eating like that's yeah. just Eating not a in your thing car. in a lot of other places. In San Diego, that was the thing that used to kill me is when you see people, families having meals together in their car like they'd go so to, like they'd go you know to KFC and then you'd see the whole family eating in the car and then mom's driving around <laughs> yeah. and, and it's like but that's crazy to me and we've created a whole culture where we're like don't take time don't prepare your food don't know where your food comes from yeah. don't know what's in your food yeah don't know what you're putting in your body. Don't worry mm-hmm. about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's cool. Capitalism. <laughs> yeah, but it's and then, convenient, it's and that's convenient. the most important thing. Yeah. yeah. But is that what breaks us down as humans? We just want the most convenient thing. I don't I think mean, that's true. Yeah, I I don't know how like we got to this point at some. I mean, I guess we've been getting to this point for a long time. Where like, where, where that's like the whole like you know app economy of like Uber and you know Airbnb right. and all these things where it's all about convenience and like you don't think about like 
who is this person who's driving this Uber car for me? Who's like, I'm paying $5 for this Uber ride. Like how much money is this driver actually getting considering they pay for the gas and the insurance and, but it's like, no, it's just convenient and it's convenient for me to not think about it. So I guess that's just, yeah. It's the same thing with the iPhones being made by kids in China, you know, like it's really convenient for us not to think about that at all. But we right. have to have these things. We have to have the phone. We have to have the easy yeah. ride, but we don't have to have like a good educational system. We'll do that if we can. Yeah. We'll right. do it if, if we right. can. If there's some money left over. Well, if, yeah. if there's money left over, maybe we can think about healthcare, but, but yeah. we Isn't have to have easy? the like the, the smartphone yeah. or whatever it is, whatever convenient mass produced thing. But with with the with the healthcare, it, it's insane that we we feed our people convenience and it makes them sick, mm-hmm. and then yeah. and then yep. we say, oh, like, okay, so childhood diabetes didn't exist in 1980. It wasn't mm. even a thing. Ugh. There were kids that had diabetes because it was like they were born with it. Hereditary, and they, yeah. Hereditary or insulin, like- weird pancreas, whatever. Not that I'm, I mean, it's just, there's kids that are, they take the blood, they take the test, they get to carry, carry a candy bar around with them at school. They're mm-hmm. so lucky, right? That's what I always thought about. Like, there was a diabetic kid at school and I was yeah. like, you were so you lucky. You get candy all you the time. You get to eat a piece, you get to eat a candy bar all, she's like, but I have to bleed all the time and it sucks. And I was like, okay, fair enough. Although I bleed for chocolate. But now we have hundreds of that. We have millions. I mean, we've got yeah. child, early onset childhood diabetes didn't exist in 1980 and now it's rampant and like one out of every three children is obese and we're wondering why and we can't figure it out and I guess if you just looked at people's grocery baskets it'd be interesting Mm -hmm. take a grocery basket in France Mm -hmm. take a typical grocery basket in America and you're like Mm -hmm. oh look we've got bunny cheddars and we've got yeah, box of even even when you get the Annie's organic fucking mac and cheese, yeah. it's yeah. still not good. It's still it's just like it's processed. It's still yeah. processed. Yeah. yeah, it's not like actual cheese. Right. Yeah. Learn how to make a you know a bechamel yeah. and put the cheese in it. It's not that big of a yeah. deal. Yeah. Teach the kid how to do it. Yeah. I try to teach kids how to make a mac and cheese. It's changing the world. <laughs> but it's like, but that's the thing is that cooking is technology. Yeah. 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 Totally. That's true. And like these things are engineered for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, especially like McDonald's fries, they're heavily engineered for us to keep wanting to eat more of them. And like, but then it's like they turn to dust after they get cold. (laughs) Right. Like they're like not good anymore. (laughs) Well, I've, I've reheated them in a toaster oven and they've been okay. Yeah. I think it's microwave than toaster oven is the secret. Is is the way. Yeah. Devin does that. Does he, he microwaves oh, it first to get him soft to and, yeah. and toaster and then ovens to it to get it crisp it. it up. I mean, that works for a lot of stuff. That works for pizza, too. Oof. Wow. Yeah. I do the pizza rewarming in the pan. I, I take I take a pan and I put it on the stovetop with a lid. And I oh. put the pizza on there with a lid. And then the bottom gets crunchy at like medium oh. high. So the like bottom cooking gets, it normally? <laughs> well, the bottom gets re-crunchy. And then because you have a lid on it, it, it like melts, melts the cheese. It melts the cheese. That's oh, funny that we I'm wouldn't think that of now. that because we go to immediately to microwave and toaster oven and not actual frying pan on actual mm. stove. Again, food, perfect metaphor for our society. <laughs> well, and it's, and I really think that, I mean, food is culture and we forget yeah. that. And yeah, as we totally. stop teaching children how to eat and what, what foods they're culturally they come from that you lose touch with what's happening with that mm-hmm. that's why I love this weird bible thing it's it's yeah I don't know the book of the and yeah. it's, it's, but it's yeah. a lot of like middle eastern cooking and that kind of thing which is great like if you want to get in touch with 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, Where I, Jesus was from. Sure. To, to blaze cool and people that are eating mint and what kind of different spices and origins and how it works mm-hmm. around the world. And like, if you look at cilantro, the Chinese use it and the Indians use it and the, mm-hmm. the Mexicans use it. It's like yeah. a weird, like, I don't know. Cilantro is a really interesting spot. How did it get around? Like, how's everybody using yeah. cilantro? Yeah. Maybe gypsies maybe gypsies maybe i don't know but coriander seeds are even mentioned in the bible so i I mean that stuff was around yeah back in the day i don't know i love i love food so uh one more time yesterday is tomorrow Mm -hmm. uh written and performed by genia marie cartier is going to be performed april 28th and 29th at 8 p.m at the San Francisco Mime Troop Studio on 855 Treat. It's free, but there's a suggested donation of $10, which you should pay. A satirical <laughs> look at the past, present, and future in a world of increasingly hostile to artists and dominated by technology with singing, dancing, acrobatics, and comedy. Also, feminism. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, feminism. also boy bands. Also, also boy bands. Boy bands. <laughs> also, also It's a major theme. <laughs> That's very funny. Yesterday is tomorrow, a revolutionary review. This is great. Um, I'm excited to come see you guys on either the well. It's the 28th is a Friday, right? So it's a Friday. Yeah, it's a Friday and Saturday. Saturday. I'll come on the Saturday. Mm-hmm. I've got a, Yay! I've got this here. On a, on a <laughs> yeah, Friday, we but. actually have a um, poem from the show if you want. Oh yeah, hear please, it. please, please, yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I mean, this poem like completely makes sense with everything we've been talking about. So you'll totally get why it's related. <laughs> okay. Look. 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 Look at my house. Look at my exotic vacation. Look at my boyfriend. Look at my political Look opinion. Look at my photo with David Hasselhoff. Look at the fancy dinner I made. I'll arrange it on the plate. I'll adjust the lighting. Look what I'm eating. Look where I'm eating. Look who I'm eating with. Look at me smiling. Look at us smiling. I don't have to cook dinner. I can order it. I don't have to walk to the restaurant. I can get a car to pick me up. Who drives the car? Ahmed will be here in four minutes. Ahmed will be here in three minutes. Ahmed will be here in six minutes fuck ahmed i shouldn't have to walk ahmed should drive me i don't want to take the bus i don't want to smell other people i don't want to stand because the seats are taken i shouldn't have to wait six minutes for ahmed fuck Fuck ahmed Ahmed. i work hard i pay my bills i want to contribute i donate to a tax deductible charity i want to be better i want to be a good mother i want to help people my condo in soma is expensive my loft in soma is expensive my one bedroom in the mission is expensive my house in oakland is expensive i don't have to share a bathroom i don't have to share a kitchen i don't have to share a bedroom i don't have to sleep on the floor i don't have to sleep on a futon i don't have to sleep on a friend's couch i don't have to sleep in a tent i don't have to sleep in the street i, I shouldn't have, have to see people sleeping in tents or on the street that's not right that's so sad so should do something that was the old way this is the new way now we have calculators now we have microwaves now we have google why should i learn math why should i cook why should i ask questions today is my day yesterday was yesterday today is already yesterday yesterday, yesterday is tomorrow. tomorrow i don't need to get older i don't want to get worse i'm perfect i'm special i'm better i'm the best fuck, fuck ahmed, ahmed. <laughs> fucking brilliant <laughs> that is so so fucking brilliant you guys are awesome <laughs> Thank you. that is so yeah, entertaining and, and topical <laughs> and everything that we're all talking about right now mm-hmm. that's happening and everything yeah. that's wrong with poor Ahmed man yeah man mm-hmm. <laughs> he probably lives in Richmond you know yeah, he's coming yeah. all the and way out he drives out all here. the way out here and probably spends you know millions of dollars on gas every year to drive people around who and maybe don't even millions. care yeah, and the gas prices keep getting lower until we artificially yeah. drive them up again by yeah. going into North Korea. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yay! Yay! America! <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Pam! Thanks for you guys for being here. Jeannie and Marie Cartier, I'm so excited to see your show on the 29th. Everybody else, go see it on the 28th or the 29th of this month at 8 p.m. at the San Francisco Mime Troop. You guys are awesome. Uh, I wish, I was going to say, it would be great if you guys could do it here, but it'd be so small. It would just yeah, have such a small space. It's just a little too small, I think. The I mean, acrobatics we could, would be. We could do like an excerpt for another yeah, thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We'll have yeah. you guys come yeah. in. To yeah. Maybe right before, like the, the week before have you come mm-hmm. in and do a little thing on the stage we can because yeah. we have um, like on a on a Monday from 6 to 8 for Joke Workshop come on in we'll just oh, pull out a bunch a of time in the beginning yeah, yeah hell yeah cool yeah yeah, yeah we could do that yeah. awesome because that was really that's really fucking entertaining and really really <laughs> funny and really really smart and the two of you guys together are already so like tight yeah, well, mm. we, did, be, we did uh, grow up together. We shared a bunk bed we for many years. <laughs> yeah. And did you have like diatribes like that back and forth? Have you always like, you kind of feed off yeah. each other's thoughts? We have a lot of yeah. ongoing debates. Yeah. <laughs> that we will never be resolved. Tons of ongoing debates. <laughs> yeah, tons of like, just like Marie feels very scarred because I'm the older sister and I like did mean things to her when we were kids. <laughs> <laughs> Which comes up in the show as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, our relationship so is yeah, part of it. Our relationship is part of it. Yeah. so meta. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you guys so much for being here. Everybody, yeah. yesterday is tomorrow, a Revolutionary Review, April 29th and 28th at 8 p.m. at the San Francisco Mime Troupe. And uh, hey, this has been Some Call Me Tim. Thanks for joining us. Uh, next week, I actually, my guest just canceled, so I'm going to have to book a new guest for next week. Think about what they think about with God, what they're doing, what whether they're thoughts and what do they believe and now we know we've, we have the Marxist sisters They've, that's like the Marx <laughs> brothers but we've got the Marxist sisters alright this has been Some Call Me Tim I'm Pam Benjamin we'll see you guys next week bye if you're like me you're probably wondering Should I inject bleach into my eyeballs with a needle? Well, that's an excellent question. I'm so glad you asked. Statistics show that no. No, you should not inject bleach into your eyeball with a needle. Paid for by the committee to stop injecting bleach into the eyeballs with needles. The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country, as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. If you want global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines, vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor.
some of my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Four we are Unleash the Rain, and we're coming to you streaming live every Tuesday from 4 to 6 p.m. here at MutinyRadio.fm in the Mission in San Francisco. Because we need more rain in San Francisco. Yes, we're still in a drought here in California, but this is a business show, you silly man. Uh, I was hoping for a rain dance. Well, why, that would be a lot of fun, and we do have a lot of fun on the show. What we do is we help small and medium-sized businesses leverage technology to increase revenue and reduce expenses and make it rain for your business. Are you sure it's going to be fun if I listen? We are very fun. We're also real world. We are not messing around. We're going to give you the real deal. Cool. So I can send an email to Vincent at Unleash the Rain or Stacy at Unleash the Rain and ask my business question or my yes, technology question? absolutely. Ask us your business and technology questions. We would love to answer those on the air. And then listen to our podcast or listen to us live on and, Tuesdays. And also Tuesdays. check us out on Facebook at Unleash the Rain. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, and my offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini, and creamy-licious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They got them! And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. 
rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk, come together with music from around the world, with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio, when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment, wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. This is the story of three strangers hosting an open mic. When comics stop being polite and start getting real. This is the Six Sad Open Mic. Every Tuesday from 8 to 10 p.m. and every fourth Tuesday as our Six Sad Showcase. Brought to you by Adrian Villalone, Valerie Vernali, and Katie Carnes. See you there, angsties. Yeah. 